On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will dive deep into the writing team reveal for the Acolyte series, which contains scribes from House of the Dragon. After that, they'll dip their toes into the Star Wars Special Editions to discuss the best and worst edits that George made to his original films in 1997 and again in 2004 for the digital releases. Yes, Han shot first, so tune in to see which edits the guys think are legit and which were pieces of poodoo. If he wanted a cuss there, hire Matt to do these. Of course, the show will end with a question of the week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars fan artist features. Punch a Chewy. Now, everybody, there we go. I see some warm bodies in here bringing those meat bags like HK-47 used to say, right, Nick? Everyone's favorite Sith assassin droid. How's it going, fandos? Welcome back to a Star Wars Time Show Tuesday. I think we will, we'll, we're going to settle back into our, our usual day and time now that it doesn't look like we're going to get any new Star Wars at least for Nick, what do you think? Six months? Eight months? Twelve months? <laughs> two yeah, years? I mean, it, it really depends on how these conversations continue to go between the studios and the actors. But here's, here's the thing, though. I feel like if it continues to hit roadblocks, there will be um, like already produced content that gets released even without actors. They'll, they'll just, the studios are going to be like, fuck it. We know we can't get them to promote, but we need to yeah. get it out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of the route that'll end up happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, latest news was they had a date. They had the conversations, still no deal. And I like in terms of what that means for us as Star Wars fans, like we were just saying, you know, it's, it's not great with, you know, that means that no content that was about to be produced, no content that was in the middle of being produced or wasn't finished being produced will will continue for the foreseeable future until they figure out a deal. So, you Nick, know, it, do, do you think they're going to sit on Skeleton Crew then? Because that thing, we should be talking about it like coming out tomorrow, essentially. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Is So, in, in do they sit that, on that or do you think they still had enough production work to do that they just physically can't button it up? That's a good question. Like, I, I, I'm not sure where they ended production, but I feel like if they don't need actors, like if they don't need to do like pickups, they don't need to do reshoots or something like that, I, I do feel like they're going to end up just releasing it and then, you know, like finish up whatever, you know, visual effects and, and post work needs to be done and then just put it out. Because yeah, I don't think that they're going to like... They're not going to be cool with just sitting there and releasing nothing until the the actors in the studios come. To yeah, I mean, dude, I know we, t we we may talk about too much. Who knows? Maybe that's why we got five people watching us right now. But we, we have actively covered the rise, fall in the just general conundrum with streaming platforms for it feels like the past year. And it, it is it's like, are, are, are these studios just going to let these streamers sit stagnant? because 
they have no option outside of doing what Netflix is doing and buying other studio content and airing it there on their platform or, you know, dusting something out of the archives and, and doing reruns or, or, hey, we've been sitting on Family Ties, for example. Let's air that for the, you know, 40, 50 somethings that may want to watch it today because there's nothing to watch that's new and exciting out there in streaming land. So I, I think you're correct at some point in time. Depending on contract language, this, that, and the other thing, not rubbing someone the wrong way, these these studios, these streamers, they probably are just going to have to bite the bullet, right? And be like, hey, this was in the can. We did our data on it. And, and yes, we could have got X amount of more dollars or X amount of more subscribers if we had the stars to promote it. But you know what? Nick in accounting, he did some number crunching too. And he said, you know, if you release it, we're still going to get something out of this. So just let it go. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's what happened with fall of the house of Usher. One of the things that you wanted to talk about, like they released that even during the SAG strike. And I remember Hamill came out and said something on like Instagram or some social media. He was like, thanks for all of the love for that thing that I can't talk about. And that that's literally all he said. (laughs) And it was in reference to, like the new show that Netflix was just like, you know what? Like, we're just going to put it out. Like, I don't give a fuck if the peak cause like how was, much. Yeah, it was done. So let's, let's release it. Right. Fuck them. We yeah. don't need the stars. Cause Matt's dumbass is going to see the thumbnail pop up and the algo is going to probably recommend it anyways. Yeah. And I mean, you can do promotion, like you can do trailer promotion. You can do, you know, you can have the, you know, producers talk about the show to the media or anything like that, because technically the producers are on the studio side. AM, like it's AMPTP or something like right, that. Yeah. One of those B's yeah. stands for producers. Like, Correct. So, you know, there are still people out there who can do press for this type of stuff. And maybe they just get to a point where they're like, well, fuck it. Like we, we we're not just going to not release anything for, you know, X amount of time. We're, we're going to put something out and, you know, we'll continue our negotiations as the time comes, but yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. I didn't think it would go this far. Honestly, after the, after the writers had got their deal struck, I, I was, I was feeling p- pretty confident that the, Oh yeah, me too. There's done too. Me too. But yeah. Who knows? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I doubt they're looking for anything extraordinary over what the writers officially decide to sign on. But yeah, clearly two different unions, different negotiations, different wants and needs. Uh, I would imagine the, the SAG AFTRA union is, is a bit larger than the writers, like by, by a, a, a ton. Yeah. You and know? they also just have so much leverage to throw around. Yeah. Like they're, they're like, Oh, well you're just not going to, what are you not going to use any SAG actor ever? Like, yeah, you can hire scab writers. Like people have hired scab writers in the past. What are you going to do for your actors? We're going to hire scab actors. Like then shit's really going to go off so, the rails. So Nick Nova's asking, saying, "I wonder if they'll hold it until they see Disney Plus subscription numbers dropping." I, I'm, I'm assuming like well, they've skeleton already crew. Seen that. They've already seen that. It's, like they've they, they've been, I think, two consecutive months of subscriber decline for for Disney Plus, but. And, and that's what really sparked the, their whole thing to start with. You know, that that's what sparked their, oh, we're going to raise your rates by a dollar. Oh, well, 
you know, we're going to start to crack down on password sharing and stuff like that too, because they saw two consecutive months of subscriber decline. Um, so that, that wouldn't be anything new. Um, that would just be like a further indication that, you know, the, the ecosystem itself is probably like in a bit of a decline. I think that a lot of people are starting to just like cancel, um, cancel certain subscription services when their content is out of season. Like I know that a lot of our viewers, like you have Disney plus for a month or two months when star Wars is out. And then after that you cancel it and then you re up when, you know, you, you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. Our viewers, they cancel us when star Wars isn't in season. So you're a hundred percent correct. The people that listen to us, they want their fucking star Wars. They want it fresh and they want it now. No talking about news, the past, nothing. It's got to be current, brand new, and hopefully Kathleen Kennedy didn't have a stamp on it. Yeah, you talk about price increases. I don't know if you still sub the Max, but did you see these motherfuckers? Like, just this weekend, I get an email from Max. Like, hey, uh, by the way, you don't need to do anything, but uh, at your level, you're no longer going to get Dolby Atmos in 4K. So fuck off. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So now I got to spend, you're like Netflix now or YouTube TV where you have to pay a premium tier to use your fucking technology that you spent thousands of dollars on in your home. It's like, this nickel and dime shit is even yeah. going to drive a fucking lemming streaming app guy like myself off the cliff. Like Nick said, most smart people, when shit's out of season, what do they do? They cancel it. Not this guy. I sit there and ride like Paramount Plus. You want my $10? Here you go. I haven't watched shit in three months, but I don't give a fuck. Here's your money. Here's your money. Here's your money. That's still not good enough for these people, Nick. They want me, some idiot that just vomits up money, to pay even more so I can use my fucking 4K TV and Dolby Atmos setup. See, I think that you can... I don't know how mine works because I have the... The, um, what you call, I have the ad supported one. It, it doesn't, um, it, 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 oh, so yeah, you, yeah. Nick, Nick, your content's going to be in like 480p next month. No, I mean, my, cause we watch it all the time <laughs> and like ours still is like high like it's still 4K, well, well, I think. it, it I mean, won't it won't be next month all i'm telling you right now the new deal like there's the ad plan like nick said i think you're you're you'll be lucky to do 1080p next month i'm not kidding you might no, eat, i saw it because eat, it only said the ad the the non-ad one but I don't know, know that makes the, sense the, the motherfucker's spending more money than the people that are getting the ads were the ones getting penalized that makes a ton of fucking you, sense they make max less, they make less money off of you that's how it is. That's really what it is. They make less money off of you than they do off of me. Yeah, well, that's their fault for setting the wrong fucking pricing <laughs> model to start with because I, we pay a premium, Nick, not to watch commercials. And now they're, they're, the way to get us to pay more is, oh, we're going we're gonna to take away high def streaming. You better look, though. I'm not kidding. Like, I, I guarantee you they fuck with your plan, too. Like, you, you might uh, not. You, you'll probably only be able to stream it to one device concurrently next month oh i mean yeah I mean, and, and like i said i don't have anybody else 480p and all that fun shit like i i can't stand that it's like youtube tv the same way the only way to get fucking 4k on youtube tv is to pay for an extra ten dollar a month premium package and then you still you you might get one football game all weekend in 4k 
And yes, it looks different, you motherfuckers. Like, all you old people out there. Oh, I've never even seen the difference. Well, you know what? You're fucking stupid. There is a clear difference between 1080, 4K, 8K. It's very clear. Fidelity matters, all right? Yeah. Don't don't give me this shit. Oh, I can't see the difference. Go watch a DVD and then go watch a Blu-ray. You tell me you can't see the fucking difference. Yeah, I think that like even if they did drop us from 4K, I just wouldn't care and be like, whatever. Yeah, well, you're normal, right? <laughs> you, you don't sit here and have all these neuroses like I do. I mean, I am not only just a video file, I'm also an audio file. I mean, Nick, we set up kind of a gazebo on the deck this summer, right? We, we, we put like these... Not tarps, but nice zippy things up so I could keep my electronics out there. Most people would be happy just to have a big screen TV out there, right? You know, hey, outside, it's not really an outdoor room. It is physically out in the environment. Having a TV out there, just walk down, sit down and watch, light a fire, that'd be great. No, not this guy. Not only did I need a high-def TV, I also needed an AV receiver. I needed rear speakers, a subwoofer, and three front speakers, okay? That's how I had my deck set up all summer. I just had to tear it down because it fucking gets cold up here and the shit will freeze to death. But the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I can't just watch something. Like, you motherfuckers that watch shit on your phones, I, I just assume you're brain dead. I don't know how you can consume some of this high-fidelity content on a fucking smartphone or a tablet. It's criminal. George Lucas didn't make f- the Star Wars fucking series, the prequels, the special editions, what we're going to be talking about today, to be watched on a smartphone or a tablet. He wanted you to have fucking THX in your home theaters before you could even get it. So stop it, Max, making me pay more money. And I will, because I'm a dickhead. I will pay the more money to get to 4K. <laughs> Ah, and I won't even watch Max because Max sucks. They don't even they don't even get new movies for like sixty days. Netflix just, is Netflix is taking Max's head right now and just face fucking it. I just uh, I have the cheapest Max plan and I don't plan on upgrading it. Like that's just what it is. I don't give a fuck. Hey, um, while we're talking about me fucking shit up, look at this, Nick. And I'm blaming all you dickheads that take pictures and shit of your toys. Look what I ended up buying. Do you see this? What did I, I, I ended up, after, I think last week, getting on a soapbox and saying, I'm no longer buying Black Series figures. It's been like a year. Yay. And I'm now holding the Darth Malgus Black Series in my fucking hand. Okay? <laughs> and because I still have a little bit of collecting OCD and I like to have, you know, waves together, I was like, you know what, Nick? I got Revan. I need Malik. So I completely (laughs) fell off the no more black series bandwagon this past weekend and dropped like 70 bucks rush ordering from Amazon Malgus and Malik. And I'm not going to lie. They're fucking beautiful. But when I look at them now, I'm reminded of my weaknesses. Okay. I'm reminded that I am a weak man when it comes (laughs) to this type of shit, especially blowing money away. So thank you. The Mal- right. I mean, the, the Malgus looks good, though. That's a cool uh, dude. Figure. I mean, I think it's just because I put it up too much. It I've is. So, it's, it, yeah, it's your fucking fault. And all you dickheads that still take pictures of your toys that I'm jealous of because I don't do it anymore. And it does look like fun. And I miss it. But he is. I mean, this is a fantastic Black Series figure. He is boss. 
He is bigger than Vader, which kind of hurts me a little bit because I don't like talking shit to my boy Annie. But it, it's a great Black Series figure. And I'll tell you what, Malak looks pretty damn good too. So maybe I'll get them all together and we can have a Sith Lord party at some point in time with the camera. Thanks, Be Mad. Thank you, thank you. They do look sick. I just hate myself for, for buying them because I really have been good for the past year or two with Black Series. Uh, and I, I need to get my pre-orders in for Thrawn. I know not Thrawn to Nick, but uh, the Hot Toys Thrawn, <laughs> Nick, uh, last week, we got the tease of him. He looks fantastic. And uh, the hair is there and the chopper. Those, those are all still on the list. All right. So like Nick teased here, we, we, I got a little, um, little pop culture to get into before we, we touch on a light topic and then hopefully have some fun with our, our beefy topic this week, which, which is going to be the best and worst Star Wars Special Edition and Beyond edits. And the way I say beyond, because if you truly know your shit, George has been tinkering with the movies, especially A New Hope, literally since like 1978. Yeah, that um, changed. But but Nick, we're we're really gonna zero in on the '97 special edition, and then again in in '04 with the DVD release, some more sweeping changes came in, and then if you really know your shit, there were even more changes when it hit Disney Plus. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look back. We're gonna look at all the the best edits, if there are any. There are there are some. There's actually more. But I think you'll see at the end that the best edits are mostly low-hanging fruit. Was it, when where you the word told me this, I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is a good edit?" Hey, I uh, <laughs> like I said, I put some time and thought into this, Nick, and and we we will be shifting more towards a topic-based show because of all the shit we just started talking about. There's just there's zero news to cover. You know, as a Mando pirate identified in our Discord, if you want to join, we got an open link. Hit Star Wars Time dot show. Instagram up, uh, grab the link tree, join the Discord. I do get in there and have some fun with the group in between shows. Um, but but Mando Pirate is in there talking about something that I completely forgot because I took too many detours before I got to the point. So, fuck. What the hell did he say? What was I saying before I said Mando Pirate? Do you even remember that? Probably not. Yeah, you were talking about some of the different uh, top moment, potential top moments from... The uh, special edition. Oh, now I remember. Mando Pirate said the reason he likes our show, Nick, is because it reminds him of the Stern show, but with Star Wars. And I was like, well, that's exactly what it should be. But when you when yeah. you take that into consideration, that everybody who listens to Howard Stern is forty years older. Well, older. well, there there there's 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 that, but they also cover a lot of current events, and, and current events of Star Wars are, are gone. Yeah, very, okay, very. So we are going to pivot towards special topics, and now you know my little stupid head. I can cook up some, you know, we can steal some from Beyond the Dune Sea. Maybe Nick will think of, of some in between shows. But we will lean on you all too. what's some dumb shit in Star Wars you'd like us to talk about? Because today, like I said, we're going to break down the best and worst edits to the Star Wars trilogies. And I say G's because some people forget that the prequels got a little little special sauce too. mostly TPM. But I want to reveal that secret for that spot. That's called the tease, my friends. So hang on the line. Listen. But like I said, for you diehards that are in here in the Discord in the stream now, if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss, be it a a, a ranking, a tier list, 
or just a random conversation. Like, Nick, I have another one planned, and you're probably going to be like, what is this guy smoking or eating? But I've been sitting on this one since Mandalorian Season 3, and it's the bigger hero planet in Star Wars. Is it Naboo or is it Alderaan? So that's the type of shit I'm talking about. Like, we're open for anything, even if it's an Ask Us Anything. So you you diehards out there, anyone listening on the podcast-only version, start writing down those notes. Send us emails through the site. Hit us up on Discord. DM us on, on Instagram. We are open for business. Make these monkeys dance, if you will. All right? So anyways, getting into the... Um, oh, look, Bill Alexander. He, he changed his, his handle to his full name. Check that out. Um, anyways, the fall of the House of Usher, like Nick talked about a few minutes ago. I know we're day late and dollar short. That's my middle fucking name, all right? I, I love scary shit. I, I tend to not get caught up in new releases and whatnot. I, I'm fully aware of who Mike Flanagan is, but I will tell you, I have not watched any of his series on Netflix until the fall of the House of Usher. Thanks to the intern was really kind of nudging me on this one. And then obviously in our tie back to the Star Wars time show, Mark Hamill has a starring role. And he's great. Like, like Mark is fantastic in this role. You can see why he was, you know, became such a big player in, in the voice acting because he, he kind of changes his voice for it. And, and honestly, here's the funny part, Nick. We're, I'm watching this with Heather. And, and she's not really paying attention because she's not a huge mm-hmm. fan of horror. But she goes, man, that guy really sounds like old Luke Skywalker. I was like, yeah, you think well, so? Nailed it. I was like, you think so? I was like, look up. And, and, and I go, that is old Luke Skywalker. And she's like, holy shit. So, so anyways, Hamill's fantastic. He, he plays a, a kick-ass kind of like a fixer, if you will, for a very, very rich corporation and, and family in particular. And I will say, Nick, this, this was a fantastic series. Uh, they they kind of kept the, the mystery intrigue going from episode one all the way to episode eight because while you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I can kind of see where, where things are going and I, I kind of have an idea why this family is going through some hard times, but they don't really even give you that until the, the last episode. So they kind of keep dragging you along. It, it's got some, you know, I, I don't like paranormal shit to it, if you will. It's got some weird, rich people, shady shit to it. You know, some business maneuverings. It's not succession, but a little succession, uh, you know, with some paranormal activity. So um, even though uh, Bill here is saying it's fucking terrible, he's wrong. All right? I'll tell you right (laughs) now. That opinion is bad, so listen to mine. Uh, It's worth watching for, for Hamill alone if you're a true diehard Star Wars fan. No, but I, I just I thought it was good storytelling and uh, so much so that I am now going to go back and finally start watching all this Flanagan shit on Netflix because clearly the dude has some talent if they're giving him a yearly deal to essentially drop a, you know, an eight to ten episode long series. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, 
big thank you to B Mad in the chat for the donation. Oh, I didn't Appreciate even see it. that. Hold on, let's pin that shit. What's he saying? I want to know why Matt's still not giving Rots respect for being. Oh fuck! Uh, you really no. want to get in now, this? Now, now you're gonna. Now you're really gonna start to fire him up. Yeah, well, I, I know what it is, Nick, and and I don't know if B Mad has yeah. also crossed over to Beyond the Dune Sea like some people we did, and, and maybe I shouldn't have told our fans to Exodus, but. The, the, the past week, they've gone hardcore on their love of Rots and how it's the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. And while I will say I'm a fan of their show, I do like Connor and Seth. They're, they're showing their age with they're that. They're just much younger. Yeah, I like, mean, they, 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 they're just they're a different generation than us. Like, like be mad and all you people. And, and I've tried to get better at down-talking those prequel fans that think Rots is God's gift to Star Wars. Um, it's not, it's absolutely not. It never will be. It never can be. That's return of the Jedi or empire. If you will. I mean, let's be real. Uh, revenge of the Sith is it's a bunch of visually uh, pleasing narratively toilet water based bullshit. Okay. (laughs) It might look cool. So when you're little and you're like, Oh, look at all that shit. It, it convinced you that it was better than it was, but the story is fucking hot garbage. Um, the fact that we've needed seven seasons of the Clone Wars to flesh out the character of Anakin Skywalker, not the Padawan, but Anakin Skywalker, the Jedi Knight, to, to truly see like how he could slide to the dark side is why Rots is not the best Star Wars movie. Like w- Without the Clone Wars backstory... And if you were in my generation, you watch Revenge of the Sith and you come out going, wow, that was the weakest and most pathetic way to portray Anakin Skywalker's turn to the dark side. He literally in in 30 seconds in a scene goes from wanting to arrest Palpatine to uh, slashing off Mace Windu's arm, which he should have because Mace is a dickhead and the main reason Anakin turned to getting on his knees and whimpering like a baby. All right. Horse shit. Horse shit! There was nothing in Rots that teased the turn. Attack of the Clones had more hints at Anakin's darkness than Revenge of the fucking Sith. All right? So go ahead and slide another five over. I've given (laughs) you the answer. There is no arguing it. That is the truth. Okay? The best prequel movie. Hands down. No questions. Ask Sir Dork is the Phantom Menace. Thank you. I, I think that like the biggest thing that you can say about Rots now, and this kind of goes for, for anything, is like everything's always better when you have more context given to it. And like you said, now that the entire Clone Wars is out and you can watch it like readily available and everything like that, that movie is just a lot better than what it was before. But in a vacuum, it is like there are, I mean, there are a lot of issues in the the prequel trilogy with like acting and stuff, but there are some some like really bad acting moments. There. There's some bad CGI in there. You know, it, it is what it is. And like I think that ultimately, like in terms of like climactic battles from prequels and stuff like that, you know, visually, I think that the Anakin versus Obi-Wan fight is very good. It's not as cool as the Duel of Fates from episode one, but I, you know, it's better than anything in episode two. So, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just like. Well, hey, here you go, Nick. B Mad's proven my point. 
just like you said, Kenobi versus Anakin and Rots is best. Uh, yeah, it's a visually pleasing movie. I understand that, especially for you younger people that were in your, you know, ones to tens when you watched it. But I, I went into it at, at what, fucking 25 after sitting through the other prequels and, and pretending like, OK, you're, you're sort of paying off on what I was expecting. And no, it just no, no. Yes, the opening montage, great. Doom, 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 doom. Duh. You know, watching them in there, and then they get into the cheesy dialogue, and then they get into the the the, the you know the, the grievous of shit, more cheesy dialogue. Yeah, Anakin and Obi Wan look great working together. You can tell they're friends, and you know they're best buddies, and they, you know help each other, and they compliment each other. That takes like fifty minutes of the movie, and then you're into the dumb shit. Like the I poor acting like, between Hayden and Natalie, and it is uh, the the one thing about that movie is for me at least is that it's paced better than all the all the rest of the prequels. Like the, like there's a certain point in that movie, and it's like right when like for me it's right when Obi Wan gets to Utapau, the movie just flows from there. Like everything moves very easily and there's no like start stops there's no like awkward like pauses in in the narrative being told like once they separate and he's on and obi's on utapau and then anakin's still back on coruscant i think the movie flows very well hey well attack yeah that, that's only an hour and a half in so yeah cool <laughs> yeah like attack of the clones to me is unwatchable in fact i don't think i've watched attack of the clones all the way through in years oh dude i'll, like, I'll take aotc over rots any day just because of the, the the visual fuckery that it provides that's it it's just it's the worst it's one of the worst movies that's been like made for that amount of money and, like, and, and it's, it's I, truly i'm the one that's really down on rots i i would imagine rots is nick's favorite prequel like i don't think he agrees with me that tpn even, takes the like, cake TPM is also one of those ones where it's like it there's a lot of and George himself said this like TPM is a movie that that contains roughly 20% of the entire prequel narrative and it feels like that sometimes when you're watching it it just feels slow and it's like but there's there's more to appreciate in that movie than there is in AOTC for sure Darth Maul and then Qui-Gon Jinn and then, young Obi-Wan yeah. Exactly. So like, there's a lot of good stuff as that, but it was just it trade was just wars, so Nick. All kids love fucking trade wars. It was just so slow, but I don't really have like, if you ask me like what my favorite prequel movie is, it's like, I don't really have one because I don't really watch them all that much. Like the prequels to me are like, I understand the story of them to a degree. Yeah, to you're where good. It's like, <laughs> you're good. I don't even, I didn't even show those to Taylor. Honestly, like we went through and we watched <laughs> All the originals, we watched all the sequel trilogy movies, we watched Rogue One, and we watched Solo, and I literally told her, I was like, look, we can watch the prequels, but you're just, you're not going to like them. So I, I just skipped them all together. Well, Nick, uh, that, that's a little gaslighting. You should let Taylor make up her own, her own mind there. Look, I had to struggle to get her. I know, I know. It's like you, you essentially to. have to, you know, put her in handcuffs and in, in a ball and yeah. chain and tie her to the couch. I'm just kidding. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, like, anyways, just... like I, this is what I'm talking about, people. Like, if if this is the, the the shit you want, let's get those teed up. Either drop them in Discord or find a way to get them to me. If Nick and I keep going here, we're gonna end up doing a four hour show. And as much as I love just natural tangents, I would rather save this for a prepared episode yeah. if that makes sense you know what i mean 
Like I, I'm be mad. Love you, buddy. Like, listen, you got to remember, we're just we're just giving opinions. I'm, I I don't re- really think you're that stupid because you love Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but this is this is exactly what I'm asking for. So kick ass on be mad for kind of charging us into this. But I could sit here and talk about why the prequels aren't that great all day long. In fact, those that don't feel like waiting. I think I have a 20 minute opus on the Star Wars Time YouTube channel from a few years back and where I really outline why TPM is the best and ROTS is not. Okay. <laughs> and I've, I've come, there's been a lot of growth, BMAD. I know you're, you're one of our newer fans here, but I think you can ask some of the, some of the dogs that have been around for a while. I've gotten a lot better and in the, you know, season seven of the Clone Wars has helped. The Clone Wars in general has helped. Um, obviously seeing Hayden again in live action, what happened in Ahsoka, all that makes it a bit better. It's just going to be hard for this, for the 25 year old Matt who going into the prequels only wanted to see how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. And I just don't feel like that mission was accomplished well at all in the films if you do like like um bat saying here if you go find that four and a half hour fan cut that they've made where it like loops in key moments from the clone wars this that and the other thing sure but that's my point if you need an almost five hour cut of a film to make it feel like it it probably should have the first time and tell the story it should have the first time therein lies the problem with revenge of the sith which is exactly what happened with the Snyder first. <laughs> hey, hey, there you go. This guy's a fucking genius. He Justice said it in one line what I've been trying to say. You don't see four-hour cuts of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, do you? Yeah. No, because they're fucking excellent. They're legendary. Perfection. All right, what's yeah. Mando Pry? Mando Pry. Oh, ugh. You guys, now you guys got my gum slapping around already. I love it. Yeah. Get, get, let's get the cortisol levels up. Amanda Pyre, I grew up with the prequels, but I do agree that there were bad moments in the movie. Seeing Stacey Teen, Eve Koth, and Kit Fisto. Oh, my God. I am that Senate. Like, come on. I mean, the whole, where do all Star Wars memes basically come from? The prequels. With Anakin. Or the Senate. Literally. We now call Emperor Palpatine the Senate because of that scene. Not because it's cool, because it's slapdick shit. Even Nick Lard's like, yeah, that, that fucking, listen, I love George, but he fucked all that up. All that shit up. Even, even the early battles with Kenobi and the droids was all fucked up because George one day is like, hey, you know what? I, I know we rehearsed this and planned for it. It was going to look fucking great, but hey, fuck it. Cut it. No. <laughs> We need to talk about more trade disputes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Love you. Okay. Well, I think that gets, gets us out of pop culture talk, right, Nick? Let's yeah, get into... Yeah, um, move into the... Um, some Acolyte uh, stuff. Well, uh, real quick on the Acolyte. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for those uh, who are pretending that we may see this over the next 12 months, because I'm with Nick. I just... I would imagine this or maybe next week will be the last weeks that the, that the actors in the studios will even consider negotiations because then holiday season ramps up. No one's going to deal with that shit. So if it does extend into 24, you're looking at probably another two or three months before they get the shit figured out. If they do, 
and, and even then, you're, these companies are now going to want the time to re-ramp up the hype machines. So it's not like, oh, hey, deal signed, skeleton crew releasing tomorrow. Everything. I mean, this right, Nick, it's going to be a domino effect. But we don't yeah. know when the lead domino is going to fall. Until it does, we're just in a holding pattern. So yeah. we do have a little news on the Acolyte that may, uh, I don't know, may interest people or maybe give people more hope. Because I know a lot of people were down on the Acolyte. They don't like Leslie Headland. I don't know why. You know, maybe because she's a they, something like that. She's a woman. You never know in, in Star Wars land. Uh, but we did get um, from the WGA, Nick, the Writers Guild of America, they did release the full writing credits for the Acolyte. And um, I was kind of surprised to find that it, it's not just Leslie. All right. Leslie, I mean, she is the showrunner, series creator, and she is the sole um, writer on episode one. But as we move through the episodes, there are some other names that, I, you know, we're not going to know their names. They're not household names. They're writers, but you're going to know what they fucking worked on. And maybe that will give you some insights into what to expect. What type of writing will we be getting at? And uh, one of the first new writers for the Acolyte is, uh, well, two, is Jason Milkaleff and Charmaine DeGrade. First and foremost, I don't know if that's that person's actual birth name. If it is, kudos to their fucking parents, all right? To have the foresight to name your kid Charmaine D. Great. That's excellent. All right, anyways, these two are, they are the co-writers of episode two. Uh, this Jason guy, some people may know him from Butter with Garner and Jackman. Nick's looking at me like, what the fuck? And I felt the same way. I love Jennifer Garner. Never heard of that project. No, yeah, um, never. He also did a short film called Marcel Marcel. Yeah. Another one of Nick's favorites and recommendations. Apparently that was on, on Paramount+. Plus. Um, but hey, hey, if you're sitting there, okay, Matt, you're not really making us feel good with this Jason guy. Don't worry. Here, here comes Charmaine. So... Charmaine did 10 episodes of Daisy Jones and the Six, which I've heard was a pretty damn good series. At least my boy Howard Stern said so. And uh, they worked on 10 episodes, so the full season of House of the Dragon. And I know Nick hated that, but I think a lot of other people dug the series. I, I got into it. I was all wrapped up into it. So Nick, seeing, seeing we're getting Charmaine here, not only with the kick-ass name, but also with some beefy credits with big franchises, I think that 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 makes me makes me feel pretty good, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess if she, <laughs> I, I also did forty four of the, the one hundred. Did you ever watch the one hundred? It always looked interesting to me, but I never got into it. The one hundred, I think I have seen some of that. I was it like it's like humanity was up in space and they realized like oh the planet may be hospital but let's send kids first oh yeah yeah I it's saw like a hundred kids sent down it's them. kind of like sci-fi lore of the flies i think gotcha but yeah i mean honestly the the house of the dragon thing means nothing to me like you said da taylor really liked daisy jones so i think that that holds a little bit more weight to experience me if anything right like this, this charmaine yeah. character's been doing this yeah, so that that's that's good experience on her side for sure, and right. the Jason guy. Who's yeah, exactly, Jason Jason guy. So episode three here, we have another writing team up, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 
Nick, how are you? Do, do you like, at least in TV series, do you like having a big writer's room and writers kind of get episodes or would you prefer a singular voice in a series like this? I mean, it depends on the type of thing. I think for like comedic shows, it's a lot better to have like multiple points of input. Okay. Um, but I like for stuff like this, I'd be fine if there were, if it wasn't as fleshed out because it does feel like every one of these episodes in the star Wars TV show like this is kind of like, like a, an individual project to itself. So I, I like it, it really doesn't make that much of a difference to me if there's multiple or not, but I, I would be upset if it was like, you know, if it was like Ahsoka where it was basically like Filoni just did the whole thing. Like that doesn't bother me in star Wars. Got you. All right. So uh, episode three, like I said, we're, we have Jasmine Flournoy and Eileen Shim. Flournoy did a little turn on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so that's not going to make Nick feel any better. I like uh, that show. Actually. Okay. Well, that hey, was they're, one they're, of the, that was one of the last <laughs> pieces of Marvel content that I actually watched. You never know. Like, uh, this person also worked on Truth Be Told with Ron Perlman, Hand of God, Heathers. Uh, Shim, also House of Dragon, uh, specifically the the Lore of the Tides episode, which apparently Nick was met with critical acclaim. Who's back? Who are these guys talking about in the chat? Oh, according to Mando Pirate, the one hundred's a piece of shit. So I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, like th- I watched. A thanks for saving me time there, Mando Pirate. I guess I don't need to watch that shit. Yeah, I watched a couple of seasons of it, but not enough to like really. Oh, Bat's back. Okay, there we go. I got oh, the actual Bat. Okay, <laughs> Bat, I'll tell you what, man. Account. I just, I can't, I can't get behind this comment. Loki season two is great. Loki season two, I'm not fucking around. And, and maybe I'm brain dead or something. But until episode five, I was just going, what, what is the fucking point of this series? Period. Like, what, what is the point of this show? You have so much talent on that fucking series. It just feels like they, they lit it all on fire. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it till the end, but literally until episode five here, which I think is the penultimate season, Nick, I was like, eh, what? What? But hey, the, to each their hey, own. I mean, you're using like I said, Disney Plus way more than me. If, if, if honestly, it makes Bat happy, it makes me happy. Or at this point is Goosebumps. Got you. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I try to check in. Charlie still Charlie gets on my profile now because the the Disney child profile is it's almost like it's ran by the religious right. I mean, you you, <laughs> th- you literally you can't watch anything. Like even kids cartoons aren't allowed on on Disney Kids. Yeah, bad. I'm sorry. Like maybe after I watch the finale, we'll we'll, we'll talk more about it on here. But I Loki. As much as I wanted to love it, because I loved the first season, I just I, I think the second season is just fucking hot garbage. Uh, but you never know. Maybe, maybe five and six will be enough to redeem the whole thing for me. Okay, back to uh, the Acolyte. Episode four, going back to a singular writer, Claire Kicheff, who uh, worked on HBO's Watchmen, which I thought was pretty legit, and a single shot of Netflix's The Oa. Um, appara- I, I, apparently, I, I she I also watched- did... Some work, Nick, on Mr. Robot and The Imperfects, too. Never seen The Imperfects. I saw, I didn't watch all of Mr. Robot, but I saw some of it. Uh, and then saw some of The Watchmen, but didn't finish that either. 
Okay, five, we have even more new people. Core Adana. I, I mean, if anything, Nick, it, it sounds like the writing room of the Acolyte are Star Wars characters themselves, right? Yeah. The Charmaine very- DeGreat, Core Adana. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic here. So episode five, like I said, we got Core Adana, Cameron Squires. Squires worked on Agent Elvis which was the uh, Matthew McConaughey animated really crazy Elvis series on Netflix. And um, also did Final Space and a little bit of WandaVision action between those two. So, right, you're looking up, Nick. I know you like you liked the little WandaVision. You liked the little Captain America Winter Soldier. Things, yeah, WandaVision things are going was on. probably the best uh, Marvel TV series. All right, so ever. episode Great. six, we're back to Jason Milkaleff. But now Jocelyn Bio joins him, and, and Bio helped write on Leslie's Russian Dolls, which I thought was really good too. Although second season definitely not as good as the first. Uh, episode seven, we're going up to three on this one, Nick. So I don't know, maybe we got some big shit going on episode mm-hmm. seven of the Acolyte. But Charmaine's coming back, Jasmine's coming back, and now we're adding Jen Richards, who not only acts but also wrote a single episode of the TV series Threads, whatever the fuck that is. Short film, there you are. I don't know. Like, it seems like uh, Leslie uh, has a good room of people around her, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, there's well, not I, anybody I mean, on here who's, like, written anything that's that's, like, so mind-bendingly good that I'm like, oh my God, that particular episode is going to be good. Like they all seem like they've got some experience and they all seem like they've, you know, put some stuff out there. But I mean, in well, terms hey, of like- You lean passion. on your network, right? She, she's leaning <laughs> yeah. on her network. We, we all do. I try to teach my students this. They're about to graduate. Like, listen, I, I don't care how fucking smart you are with your technical skills. If you don't have a network, you don't know how to, to talk to other humans, you, you are kneecapping yourself in life, especially in IT. You can be yeah. the best fucking program on the planet. If you can't talk about your ideas to normal humans, you're going to get locked in a room and just be a code machine the rest of your life. All right. Nova's saying if the leaked act like trailer is real, it, it looks sick as fuck. Nova, if, if you're not. talking about the one from Celebration, it is 100% legit. Okay. They did show, um, it wasn't B-roll. It's kind of like what they did for Ahsoka. If you went to Celebration this year, you kind of got a, a, a special look that, that us, us plebes eventually got to see. But yeah, it, it's, it was real footage. And I, I did get to see it week one during Celebration. And it is very promising. Like you've got the dude, what's his name from Squid Games? He's in there talking like Jedi. And it, 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 I, I, we, I've said this. I think the Acolyte could be one of the greatest Star Wars properties of all time, if done correctly, because it's going to finally give the bad guys the starring turn. Like yeah. it's and it's also in a in a in a in an era that is untouched, untouched by the Skywalkers, even Nick. Like, yeah. we, we, I mean, you know, we talk about Mandovers. Oh, they got all this time to play with. Well, we've we've identified over the past three weeks that even though they've said that, you know, oh, we got 40 years. Well, would you do? You immediately looped in the Skywalkers, which you, which you kind of have to do. So it is still a part of the Skywalker saga where the Acolyte is completely separate, completely broken yeah. free. The only slight attachment possibly could be Yoda if he shows up. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what Star Wars has needed for a while is just like 
a break from the Skywalker narrative. And, you know, I know that that's what a lot of people's fandoms are built off of. And I know that that's what a lot of people want to see is, is like continuation for Skywalker sometimes. But I think it's healthy to have a whole series that's going to be built around a time period where it's not even possible for Skywalkers to get involved as far as we would know. Like if, you know, unless you, you bring in like Shmi Skywalker's great, great grandfather or something like that. Like, I don't know how Schmacky. that would even be. Schmacky like, Skywalker. Yeah. Like what, what would be useful about that? But I do think that given its content, like, focusing more on the rise of darkness in the galaxy and like how we go from, you know, a that like, like, like Obi-Wan had said to Luke a thousand years of, of peace, uh, you know, under the, under the stewardship of the right. grand Republic. And then all of a sudden, boom, you just, it just comes down. And it seems like the come down happens so quickly. Well, like I, this- I think that's what Leslie has said, Nick. She's like, listen, my yeah. goal here is to show you, how within, you know, less than 80 years, like Nick said, the, the Sith, the dark side was able to crumble that long reign of the, of the light. She's like, I'm pretty sure the goal of this show is to, is to highlight to us all like, Oh yeah, well that's how the grand Republic allowed this bullshit to happen. Cause the, the Jedi were all up there essentially sucking each other's dicks. Yeah, I mean, Look, it's, you're it's awesome. Really- no, you're awesome. <laughs> you're the awesomest. Let me see it. Let me look at your lightsaber. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see like how they play it because there's so much opportunity to bring in, you know, like legacy characters. Like, are you going to already introduce, you know, are you going to choose to introduce Plagueis? Right. You know, because previously in, in old canon, Plagueis didn't become like, the the dark lord of the sith until probably is it like you know 20 years maybe 30 years before tpm so like that would be way further back than than that time period but like bring in some of the old sith lords that like led up to the point to where plagueis was or like show how the sith had been you know starting to to interweave political machinations yes. into their yes. into their scheming and stuff like that and and really kind of highlight oh this just didn't happen because Palpatine wanted to get into politics and and that was how it was it's like they actually like that was a long tail plan from the Sith is like we have to be able to infil- like quietly infiltrate society in a way like in a way that when we rise up there's not going to be yep. like a lot of you know, surprise or there's not going to be a lot of resistance to what we're doing because we've already planted seeds of what we were doing, you know, decades, if not. And, and what happened with this plan, Nick, it, it, it worked flawlessly. It Literally did. a Sith Lord took over the entire galaxy by having the galaxy give him the galaxy. Exactly. Like willingly handed over. He, the, he, the didn't, he didn't have to do shit. He didn't have to lift a finger. All he had to do was talk. Yeah. The so, right whispers and you could see how that echoed throughout time. And, and Nick, you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, Acolyte, I believe, is 80 years before TPM. Plagueis 100% is in play because he was Sidious's master. So we know that he was around when Sidious was younger, up through his, his 20s, whatever, until he decided to kill him. I don't, I don't, I don't think Sidious is in it, but, but Plagueis no, most no. definitely has potential. 
And and, and I think Nick is spot on. It's not going to be some crazy in your face takeover. It can't be. It is going to be very stealth and almost feel like it's just what's supposed to be. Like, oh, as he said, hey, maybe maybe we get one of these acolytes into the Senate or maybe they are in the Jedi Order itself. You just you yeah. just don't know. And I think that's where the acolyte just I don't know. It, it, to me, it, it has a ton of potential to just be like, whoa, wow. All right. It's Star Wars, but it feels so much different. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's potential. There's a lot of potential. I mean. Darth Tenebris is another one that they could bring in who is old. That was Plagueis' master, so, like, you could bring him in, and he's already, like... Yeah, maybe Plagueis is an apprentice character. at this point, right, Nick? Yeah, maybe. You know, so... I, I like here, um, Nova kind of caught on to what you're saying. Acolyte spoiler. Shmi Skywalker's great-great-grandfather was yeah. a Palpatine. <laughs> what a exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think that there's... There's so many, like, for people who are interested in, like... The, you know, the EU previously where there was like this, you could almost follow like an unbroken line of Sith from, especially from Darth Bane forward. Uh, like this gives you the opportunity to kind of reestablish some of those names and faces and really put a, like, put a plan together for how everything happens in the prequel trilogy, uh, the prequel trilogy, you know, like how did we get to the point to where the, you know, a Sith... Lord is able to infiltrate. I and then that that is interesting because they they essentially were so bad at this that they just quit and went away. And it it really took Palpatine to figure out the secret sauce. So maybe Nick, we we still see how they were failing in their endeavors, right? Because yeah, it, they, it, it literally took Palpatine to do this. He was the only yeah. one. I mean, the Sith were never able to beat the Jedi until Palpatine. Yeah, and. I really want to see the explanation behind it because, you know, right, yeah, I'm down. The, the, the Plagueis book is not canon. Like I've been reading that and I think it's super interesting and they, they have like a lot of really. The rule of two would exist by now, right? Yeah, oh yeah. The rule of two went into existence with Bane. So that was like a thousand years. So before you got to figure Nick, even if they, they, they adhere to that, it was still, they were too, they would get too caught up in their own power grab is what I'm assuming. Right. Oh yeah, and and like, just like the rule, just like in in canon Star Wars, like, yeah, there's a rule of two, but like, you know, you have an apprentice on the side because your ultimate goal is to try to right. They always knock do it. Off Vader was guy. doing it. Maul yeah, was like, gonna do it. So yeah, yeah. And that's um, what I mean. It's like they were they were always so caught up in I got to be the man that they couldn't focus on the big picture. And then Palpatine, for whatever reason was the one to finally break free of that nonsense, maybe because he just murdered the guy and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy now and I'm not taking on a sub guy until I am ready. And he brings in Maul and then Dooku and then obviously Anakin. But yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. Like what, is it something that, that Palpatine read? Was he taught or was he just wired a different way to where he knew to ultimately achieve the power and to let the Sith rule the galaxy, that it was going to take a lot more politicking than Sithing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's that was definitely, at least from the Plagueis book, like that was Plagueis' mindset was like, because Plagueis was a banking clan administrator. Like he ran the banking clan. Um, and he was the one 
who started like who was like orchestrated the trade dispute between uh like between Nabu and the Trade Federation. Like there were a lot of things that happened like okay. political machination wise. So there you go. In so, that so book that like Plagueis was responsible. So Palpy essentially stole the roadmap. Yeah. From, from Plagueis. <laughs> yeah, like he, like Plagueis brought him. He showed in. him. He's like, no, listen, we got to get in the positions of power. I'm, in, I'm in the banking clan. Yeah. You, you think about, you know, you're Naboo royalty. You think about getting in the Senate, maybe. And then Sidious is like, hey, wait, what am I? What do I need you for? I'm, I'll just do this on my own. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting to like and, get into that book and see how things like that. And clearly, we're not going to see that stuff in the acolyte. I think what what Nick is saying, what I'm hoping for, is that we may even see more rudimentary Sith plans in the Acolyte. Yeah. Like not quite exactly. that refined still. Like, it, you know, Nick's more the EU, all that, Swator and all that. But but to me, just, I mean, looking at this motherfucker right here, Darth Malgus, I don't think Darth Malgus was sitting around going, hey, how can I infiltrate the Senate or how can I be in the banking clan? I think he was like, fucking fly me somewhere and let me kill motherfuckers to convince them of my ways. Right. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that was how things definitely okay. went back then for sure. Gotcha. So, I, here, yeah. Nova's killing it today. Here's another good one. Palpatine. How can I be the most evil Sith to ever live? Become a politician. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, Travis Mitchell has one here for you, Nick. The acolytes of the beyond in the new EU use masks to live inside of and possess the person wearing them, which would be great to see in this series. Hey, you know, you never know. Wasn't that, was that Darth Momin, Komen, Homan that, that got into passing their essence into an object because they couldn't become yeah. ghosts? Yeah, I think like, yeah, in, in canon, I know that that was one of the first people to do it. It was right. Momin. I think it was Momin. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah, but like, yeah I mean, I think it was, didn't, didn't that happen in one of the comics too with the, with like the the spirit, yeah, it's of, it's in a face mask. It almost yeah. like for some reason I'm 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 thinking it's not Revan's face mask, but it, it, I think it looks similar to that. But yeah, it was it was some sort of mask that was um, still possessed. <sighs> All right, so here's the deal, people. If you're paying attention, we've got our 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 special topic on deck here. All right, making good time. Uh, remember, it's the best special edition edits and the worst special edition edits anyone listening live have a preference for which angle we tackle first i'll give you a few seconds as i read from uh, through some of the chat here nick you you have a preference here i know you're you were incredulous to there could be <laughs> any best edits for the special editions yeah. you want to start there I mean uh, I mean, we can do the best first. All right. and then we well, can go yeah, through. there's probably more discussions and worse, so let, let, we'll start with the best. So if you're new here, you're just joining up. They, we, I see we got Travis Mitchell's in there. Welcome, welcome. Who else showed up? Mando Pirate. Holy shit. Spa Spa Spencer taking a break from dad duty to watch the boys today. Welcome, everyone. We yeah, love you. Worst, Don't first, 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 best, because it's going to be quick, says Bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll do the best first. Why not? Uh, but we're um, like I said, we we need to start doing special topics. Cheers to be mad for kind of teasing a, teasing another one we might get into. Matt's and Nick's takes on rot that that seems to be uh, something the fans want to hear. But um, I'm ahead. just gonna put this out here too, straight up. The thing that I've seen the most is the '97 post special edition stuff. So like, I made like 
I'm probably not going to remember what the original looked like. Oh, bro. There was, I I found a lit, like a bullet point list. Dude, there, there were so many minuscule changes that no one would ever notice. So we're really just focusing on like the, the jarring shit, if you will. Yeah. Um, Oh, here with Ben Bardo. Ding dong, Ben Bardo. Who's Luke's father? Luke's father is... It's technically Palpatine's force essence semen. Well, no, that'd be his his grandfather, right? <laughs> you never know these days with the comics. Shit gets a little squirrely. Remember there, there was like a dream yeah. where Palpatine essentially like shot force ether into Shmi's vagina. And that yeah, may or that may not be, how be how that they, would be Luke's grandpa. So maybe he is. Maybe Palpatine is grandpa. I Obi-Wan. want Matt to do an Obi Wan rant. I would. I don't know if I um have anything to bitch about with Obi Wan. Like, oh yeah, you've never you've never had. I, like, I'm, I'm kind of cool with Obi Wan. I mean, you know, he he's a fuck up too, just like everyone else. I mean, Yoda's a fuck up. Obi Wan's a fuck up. Luke's a fuck up. Anakin's a fuck up. I mean, if you think about, it, they're all fuck ups. The only one that wasn't a fuck up in that line was Qui Gon Jinn. Really, if you yeah. think about it, I mean, he's the only one with a fuck up. He just got got by a, a dude with sweet face tattoos. All right, yeah. so the, the the fans have asked for the best, so here we go. Look at that. I even put in. I even made an online fucking slide deck with my rudimentary Adobe Express skills. That's how much I love you all and want to provide content on a weekly basis. So sub up, you motherfuckers, and start sharing our content. If, if we could get some of our diehards to kind of participate, share the love, like I've seen uh, Beyond's crew doing now. Again, shout out to Beyond the Dune Sea. Their fucking, their, their pre-show little skits are excellent if you're into Star Wars and fans talking about Star Wars. But I will tell you, their fandom is a little more in, a little more keyed up than our fandom. That's all I'm going to say. All right, here we go. You did a whole thing about how he was wrong. In the, yeah, he is. He, Obi-Wan was wrong. He told us that. He failed Anakin. He told him right that on the banks of the Mustafarian River. Um, all right. Best edits. Nick, as I kind of teased, these are mostly visual enhancements, scene extensions. I wouldn't really say anything narratively was enhanced with these edits, but I'm starting off when we hit Tatooine in A New Hope, and instead of just literally a, a, a do-back structure that sat there, we got some moving do-backs, we got a few more troopers, it, it, it added a bit more to the search for the droids, okay? You, you got a little more visual... A uh, visual flair added to the scene, a few more elements to look at, and it didn't just feel like the Empire was working on a budget and sent down, what, like a stormtrooper to go look for this shit? So yeah. th- there's where we're at. Um, okay. Yes, we do distribute on Pandora, 100%. So you can always get the show on Pandora, free of charge, just like everything else we do. Uh, if you are in the live stream and you feel like donating to the show, we now have the Super Chats. Uh, we need to see if anyone's going to beat Carver Tate from last week with his uh, $60 in donations. He is fan, fan number one. He might have gotten kicked out of his house because he spent all his family's food money for the week. Uh, but we speak your name. All right. So that's best edit. You know what I mean? We, we, you, did you like that? Do you, well, like you said, you probably don't even remember the original New Hope where it was just it's literally, so... I think, two stormtroopers going, hey, where the fuck the droids are? Yeah, I mean, like, I had 
I probably, I mean, I don't even know if my parents still have them, but I had like the original trilogy. The only way that I had it prior to the special edition releases was like literally video, like, like video to video recording from my friend. So it was just like on a VHS recorded. I mean, this one, like this kind of stuff doesn't bother me. If it's not like a prominent piece of the scenery, it's just like put in the background to be like, okay, exactly. That just just fill the space, like not 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 assaulting. And, and I and and, and I really don't want to spoil this part of the segment, that but that's pretty much every best edit is just <laughs> some scenery enhancement that that George got to sprinkle in once his computers worked a little bit harder than they did back in the seventies and eighties. So um, starting up there, uh, Travis, don't worry. Well, um, well, I guess I'll tease your your comment, but the uh, Hayden Force Ghost is definitely in the worst edits. Sorry to disappoint you, and I'll explain why. All right, up next, Nick, we're sticking with a new hope here. Again, a nice CG enhancement, but we got a a new landscape sprawling shot of the Jawa Sandcrawler, which did not exist prior. It just you know it adds more to the visuals of the film. Helps let the you know the 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 watchers know like hey this is this is where we're walking the whipping they 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 might be small in stature but they make up for it in the size of their vehicles you know what I yeah. mean yeah no I mean I think that that was I think that one in particular is actually kind of important because it puts into perspective the scale of the of the walker because I mean you kind of see it when you first get the lineup of the droids that you know like when they're in front of the the Skywalker family ranch and stuff like that or but like this gives you like a vi- like a bigger visual perspective in like how it looks on the landscape not just like how it is yeah, yeah like, like i said hey it just it visually looked better and that's really where a lot of these are at uh i just i need to let travis know that he's not going going to like the worst list here um, all right. Yeah. So, Hey, I think so far so good, right? Here's another one. Uh, and this is a little one that I, I don't know if many people would pick up on, but I'm, I'm a goofball, but when R2 is hiding Nick after Luke gets beat down, originally it's like, dude, where you, you're literally hiding out in the open. Like, yeah, you, you might be under some rocks, but you're just there. And they, they, they realize that too. And they eventually splice some more rocks in there to make it look like r2 truly was like almost in a cave but now i'm wondering how did he get in there because right you look he, at doesn't the base of the rocks, <laughs> he doesn't he, fit he doesn't fit like he and he's not going to be like we know how he flies like he flies in a relatively clunky manner so like it's not like he can thread the needle and fly right through the one potentially one spot that he can get in now <laughs> Now he he literally there's no way for him to have gotten in there. Hey, <laughs> it actually doesn't you're, you're not sense. wrong. So yeah, maybe maybe this is, should be in a in a middle. This is kind of a, a tweener here. Yeah, this uh, is and edit. But yeah, now now that you you make perfect sense, I am looking at this and like you know what? He's not wrong. This this actually breaks continuity even more yeah. than if R two is just hanging out in the open. So it's like at least if he because I think I remember like. The, the whole point of it was in the original is like he was like he was tucked back yeah, into he's the cave away. He's and then he away. like kind of moves forward when he hears Obi-Wan's voice. Uh, he's like, oh, there's somebody here who's not trying to kill me. Like this makes it look like <laughs> I, honestly, I don't even know how this is 
physically ah, possible for this it. droid to have gotten in Good. that spot. <laughs> I like this. I'm glad Nick picked up on that because my dumb ass was like, hey, yeah, I guess it makes more sense. But now if you really look at it, you have to wonder physically how our little rust bucket could get his rotund little body in there. I, I, yeah. think, I don't think a lot of people realize how big R2-D2 really is. The only reason... Dude. That, He's fucking huge. Like, yeah. he's not tall, but he is big. And I didn't even realize it until I got the 1-6 scale version of him, Nick. And I put him next to the other. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, you are a, a mini tank, if you really think about it. So, um, yeah. I don't know how he shimmied in there, but there you go. <laughs> it made, you it made the like, list. If you've ever, you can see, like, one-to-one size ones in, like, Disney and stuff like that. Those things, they're, they're, they're big. clunky. Like, they're, they're not easy to get around. I mean, you gotta remember, a little person had to essentially live in that fucking thing. Yeah, like so, fit in there and operated it. So, I mean, he he's at least what four foot tall minimum, and uh, diameter is way way larger than you would think. Oh well, you can't win them all, Nick. I agree that that probably should have been in the worst edit. Sorry about that one. I didn't didn't really think about physics when it came to this. (laughs) All good. Okay, right, up next that? here, another visual, but if you remember, we um, in the special edition, when we were coming up to o- Obi's hovel, they, it's more of a pulled out angular shot, and you can see that they actually moved the land speeder there instead of just not having it. So, you know, a little bit of continuity. Again, some visual flair to help kind of flesh out Tatooine a bit more, show off a bit more of Obi's property. And to kind of keep the, like, well, they did have a land speeder. Where the fuck did it go type of thing? Yeah, it's like, how did this get lost? So, yeah, that one's not bad. Just visual. Guess what? This one's visual, too. Most likely got a lot more fleshed out. Um, You you didn't have any of this. If you're on the live stream, which, by the way, we do it, well, these days, Tuesdays, 5 p.e. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. But most likely really got a lot of CG upgrades that, that helped even for 97. It, it it showed you, you know, how how big this little mouse was. Is that what they're called? Moses on Tatooine? Yeah. Mos Pelgos, Mos Espa, Mos Isley. I think with this one, there is one, like, I think that the general, like, the scene that you have put up here, like, the wide shot showing kind of the, the setup of the spaceport and the city that's attached to it is nice. But at a certain point in this scene... That big ass, I don't even know what it is. Ronto, that big ass thing. The Ronto. Yeah. With the shit on its back. Like, with the Jawas like, like hanging off it. Literally walks in front of the camera. Oh, and yeah, like yeah, takes yeah, yeah. up the whole yeah. fucking camera. <laughs> and then, like, and then it, like, does this rear up shit. And I'm like, why is, like, you. You didn't have to do that. Like, that was really annoying. You got to like, remember, man, this was George literally wanting to blow his load because Steven beat him to a big time CG movie. Yeah. Like, he saw Jurassic Park. Like, like, fuck you, Spielberg. You're using my guys to do this. I want to do it first. So I'm going to do these special editions and just cram a fucking Ronto dinosaur in there just to show you I can do it, too. You're right. I forgot about that one. It was just like, it was so annoying, too, because... When it walks in front of the camera, it ta- it's the like, whole frame. It, it takes the whole frame, and I was like, "Dude, if you were filming this in real life, and something like that you happened, be you'd be like, take it again. They'd yeah. be like, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You walked right in front of the camera, but he chooses to do that in the special edition. Like, I you have are no right, idea why I did it, but, but like, the overall look of it. Yeah, like cool. like Bat said, there's a little droid fight. Uh, well, the Jawa and Ronto 
not, you know, framing was off. Even when they're pulling in the most isolated, you get a shot of the land speeder. They fixed the janky shadow. So some nice upgrades to, to most isolated. Um, one that I do appreciate, Nick, is they, they kind of extend and enhance the, the Millennium Falcon escape. Yeah. In these, you know, subsequent edited editions of A New Hope, you actually get to see it lift off from the hangar bay and kind of take off and said it literally it used to, it would it cut to a shot of two stormtroopers and you just saw like the lights. Yeah. Like the rear lights go out. That was it. So yeah. it, it added a bit more to that escape to that little hangar battle in A New Hope. Um, yeah. Goddamn heat came on piece of shit. Hold on. Next one here, my friends. It, visual, but this one was bad. And I'm talking about the duel between Kenobi and Vader. And if, yeah. if you're my generation, <laughs> before the special edition, even in the special editions, I still think they had Kenobi's saber fading out because of the camera angle was not allowing yeah. the, the yeah. reflector tape to actually catch and reflect the light. Uh, right, Nick, at times, it would just it looked like he was Dude, holding it, a fencing saber. It did. That's what I was going to say. That that was my biggest gripe about the pre-special edition stuff was that this lightsaber battle, because of how, like, he's spinning, like, he's spinning it in his hand. Like, he's just doing, like, yeah. little circles with it, and it cuts out. And, like, there were, there were like, seconds or frames where it's, like, there is... It's gone. You don't see anything. No, like, you, dude, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I know, no shit, I was like, well, maybe he put it out. Like yeah, by, like, he 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 whipped it around too much and he fucking put the light out. Like that's how glaring it was. And then you know they go back to doing their their tummy sticks together. Uh, but by now, I mean this this duel has gone through many edits. I mean they 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 first fixed the lightsaber flickering, but now I think in the 2019 version, Obi Wan's got that nice blue modern saber look. Vader's yeah. never really flaked as much as Obi Wan's in the originals. But both of them, the, just, the, yeah, the sabers have uh, benefited from enhanced CGI here. Yeah, yeah. They've definitely made them brighter. They were definitely a little dull in coloration last time, too. Now, it uh, would have been great if they used um, Phil, a, a stuntman I know. Like, he's the one that did the, the scene 43 edit that, you know, everyone jumped on. That would have been fucking awesome, but at least they fixed the lightsabers. Yeah. Okay. There we go, Travis. We finally got one for you. I, I agree with you on the Biggs scene being added on Yavin 4. That yep. that did kind of... It, it's a shame because Biggs really had a much larger role in this film. I mean, there, there's a whole cut sequence from Tatooine where Luke is literally with Biggs watching the fucking fight between his sister's ship and Vader's ship above him. And, you know, talking about going to Tashi Station and all that shit. You know, so when Luke's like, oh, I want to go to Tashi. Well, they had that conversation before Uncle Owen was like, fuck you, drink your blue milk, you're my slave, bitch. But what we're talking about here is Yavin 4. You know, we already knew Biggs joined the rebellion. And he and Luke reunite. And it is, Nick, it does give a little bit of context into, all right, this Luke knows this dude. They're good friends. Grew up together. Biggs is telling this guy, hey, he's the best fucking snub fighter, blah, blue, blee. And then it, it adds a little bit more to Biggs getting blasted there up in, up in the battle. And we even got our, a, 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 an earlier introduction to Gold Leader in this scene. I'm sorry, Red Leader. Yeah. I mean, I think that this one, 
It's probably gave the only narrative uh, edit, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like it gave important context in a situation where like you had this main character, well, like this this big influence in Luke's life that was like called out. Like he said, you know, he talked about Biggs to yeah. Aunt uh, Brew and Uncle Owen and stuff like that. And then you never saw him. And well, I think you only saw him when Biggs went down. That was it. Like that was the only time you ever Correct. saw him. Correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, him and Luke. All the chatter was still going on there during the the the, the trench run, but you didn't really know that Luke and Biggs had a lifelong bond at all. Yeah, because so like, you had the cut was, scene that we just talked about, and then this scene on Yavin Four didn't exist either. Yeah, I mean, this one is definitely one of the more needed scenes that was added in. So this is definitely a best for sure. And by the way, I, I don't know if everyone remembers, but if you held on to your DVD releases that came out in 2004, I believe outside the VHS editions and maybe Laserdisc, those are the only way to still watch the unedited versions of Star Wars. Uh, they are rough as fuck. I mean, they're, they're 640 by 480, zero of the audio enhancements, zero of the video enhancements, but they are raw. I mean, that's the shit us, you know, 40 plusers were, were first watching, but they, they're still out there. And I, I would say that's probably the, the easiest digital format would be those old DVDs that, that came out when, you know, like I said, they're getting ready to, to release the, the six trilogy on DVD for the first time. Uh, but yeah, Nick, I, I do. I think this is the only best edit that actually involved a narrative change to the film. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it should be. I mean, it is a welcome edit for sure yeah. to finally have more, at least a little bit more interaction between Biggs and Luke before Biggs. Exactly. I mean, did you not feel like Luke and Wedge were closer during the, the Death Star attack than Luke and Biggs? Yeah, and I mean, at the time, it kind of made sense because, you know, Biggs was training at the, you know, under Wedge to be a Rebellion pilot. They were probably, this is probably not Biggs's first mission, I would assume. Like, and he probably spent, you know, more substantial time, especially recently with Wedge instead of with Luke, considering his training and everything else. Hey, kind of a side question here. You know, when in that deleted scene, Biggs, Luke, he's talking about going to the academy. Luke wants to enroll in the academy. This was the Imperial Academy, right? Like, Biggs yeah, initially I mean, was in the Empire. Yeah. And, I, and I Luke wanted to go into the academy as well. Because it's not like the, the Rebellion had an academy. No, yeah. No. Okay. Good. Because, I mean, they yeah, all did. Was, I mean, Wedge was, Wedge, was, Wedge was Imperial. Like, let's I was be say real. Wedge was an Imperial, so. All right. Okay. Anyway, speaking of our lovely pilots here, uh, I I did I really like this enhanced scene when the rebels are leaving Yavin Four to go confront the Death Star. You got an enhanced version of of the fleet. You kind of had the 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 moon back there, so you, you can see like holy shit, yeah, the Death Star is like right there. Like we yeah. we, we got to get to it. Uh, but it, it was it's one of the nicer, more well done. 90s CG edits to the uh, Death Star trench run. Yeah, I think it like it was needed in a way too because you needed to show like you needed to have 
a scene or something showing the ships that matched like the environment that they were in and like the original shot of that was just not good and there weren't as many either i think there was only like four or five ships that were shown in the original version of this so they really did need to kind of fill this scene out and make it make more sense to where it's not like okay yeah it's a small force but it's not five people running at the death star Trying to yeah, because I, I believe, Nick, the original version of the scene, you only see like two X-Wings and it just cuts to we're, we're yeah. getting ready to make the trench run. <laughs> so. Exactly. Like it, you don't get any like sense of scope, like how many people are out there. So. Uh, Travis Mitchell is saying that Red Leader was 36 in the movie, but looks 50. And I agree. That is a that is a nice little nugget. Thank you for that, Travis. Uh, moving on. All right. We've, we've moved out of a new hope, a best edit from empire outside of obviously improving some of the visuals on the battle of Hoth. Like you didn't see as much of the, the shadowing and, and some of the, the, the wonky wiping they were doing for the, uh, ad ats and chicken walkers. But I will say, I mean, the, the improved Wampa scenes were nice seeing Luke chop his arm off and then the Wampa going, Oh, you motherfucker, you cut off my arm. You know, that, that added a little bit to it. I, I don't Maybe not narratively, but th- this Wampa looked a little bit better than the original costume, right? Looked yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it's definitely a better looking scene, and it was cool to see. Like, I don't think you, even in the original, like, you only got, like, the close-up of him, like, coming at Luke, and then that That's was it. it. And like, he just loops, Luke's, like, literally falling down out of the yeah. hill. He's just, like, running away the whole time. Nick, like, getting the full scope of the thing is actually pretty cool. Speaking of the full scope, I can't remember. Did did the original include the version where it kind of pans in and the Wampa sitting there chewing on the Tauntaun? Like, rah, 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 you can no, hear I don't think, I think that was added okay. as well. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, here we go. Here's another one where, yeah, I don't, it, it was some visuals, but also added a few more layers to that narrative of Luke being captured by the Wampa. So I guess yeah. we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, yeah, Travis, we're, we're getting there on, on cloud city. All right, Nick, this one might be contentious because apparently some fans think some of the newer dialogue in this scene. And the scene I'm talking about is um, having Ian McDiarmid dubbed in for uh, the monkey eye emperor that was uh, originally there. Um, Now, you could argue that they literally filmed this is Rot's Palpatine, like literally they did this filming Revenge of the Sith. So you you lose a little bit of continuity between Empire Palpatine and Jedi Palpatine. But it, it does work better overall to have Ian there portraying the Emperor. What I want to ask you, Nick, and apparently this is a thing. I actually, I had to rewatch the scene today to make sure that I still process it the way I think I did. But in this scene, it's kind of implied that... It's it's kind of implied that Vader doesn't know that Luke is his progeny, even though he knows he's a Skywalker. But if you listen to the conversation the way I take it, it's it's two Sith testing each other about, uh, you know, a topic that's very important to them, but also could lead to their destruction or one's rise to power when they're essentially talking about, hey, Skywalker could be useful. Vader's like, yeah, let me go work on him a bit. But initially, the, some of the words said do make it seem like Vader didn't know that he had a son. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think that what that may have been more of is just like the di- like showing the disconnection between Darth Vader as a character and Anakin Skywalker as a character. Where like that okay. Vader in this moment doesn't look at Luke as a son as a son. Like, and he doesn't he doesn't look at Luke as a son until that moment that they first reach out to each other in. ESB. Well, when he's when, he, when he's making his pitch is when he finally is like, "Listen, you're you're my fucking kid. I've accepted that. You should accept it because if we team up, we can take over the galaxy." Yeah, and I think like in this in this it's just like Vader is separated from Anakin Skywalker completely and it's just like this Skywalker person is just another tool that we could have at our disposal. Or it could be the, you know, the tool of our downfall, whatever. All so right. I don't know if it's like, I mean, that's the way that I always took it is like when they're at the son of Skywalker should, can't become a Jedi. It, it was, it was with the understanding that like, yeah, this is your kid, but like, you're not Anakin Skywalker anymore. You're Darth Vader. Yeah, you don't have a son. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You're with me then. But I, I, I guess I do understand where some people are, are kind of like, eh, this doesn't make a ton of sense because. It, 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 the way it just everyone go watch the fucking scene i'm stupid you know what i mean go watch the scene nick process it correctly that's all that matters and i did too i have no problem with it i actually think it makes complete sense for the way vader and palpatine interact with each other especially if you're a comic book reader these days they're always fucking with each other they're always sitting there looking at in each other's eyes saying yeah you're my master yeah you're my man but in in the back of their heads are going how can i fuck you up yeah. And, and that's like, really how this scene to me feels, but it's the first time in Star Wars you ever get to see them interact. So it, it, it might yeah. not resonate that way the first time you see it. Yeah. I mean, I think that there was a lot of, again, like in the first time you see that scene, you have no, like you have no fucking clue. Correct. I mean, like you don't even know who Darth Vader is the first time you see that scene. Like it has not been revealed that he was previously Anakin Skywalker yet, or that he's Luke's father. Like that comes later in the movie. That is right, man. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, like we're, we're so used to knowing the big reveal, but when the scene was written, it had to be written in a way where the audience isn't getting the hand tipped to them. So it, it's, yeah. it's written perfectly. So these assholes in the mainstream media that apparently didn't like this, the, the, the edit and some of the words they might have changed, you're fucking stupid. Nick it's, solved it's it, like, done. It's, it's, it was written in 1980 for an audience who hasn't, didn't have Correct. Yeah, 40 more so, years yeah, of Star this Wars is, in front of them. So like, you can't just give it up and say, hey, you have to kill your son. Right. Like, You're right. You have to, you have to right. leave it to where the thing Dude, I, I, I can't believe I didn't put two and two together. But even though, I mean, the scene to me, like I said, it, it makes complete sense. But now that Nick reminded us all that, hey, by the way, dummies, the world didn't know the whole Skywalker thing until almost the end of this movie. So this scene and the way it is acted, the dialogue written is actually perfect. So here yeah. we go. Just remember, listen Not to the Star Wars Time you. Show. No one else. Thank you. Okay. You know, we're going to deal with some Boba Fett edits here, and I know Travis doesn't like these, but uh, the first one I'm going to start with, we'll see what Nick says. I, I do kind of like how they added in that he knew to hang back for any potential sticking your ship to other shit tricks that he saw as a young clone boy. Yeah. Um. But again, there's people like, well, 
How did Han not see him? Hey, idiots. In, in, in space and ships, you don't have like fucking windows everywhere and you, and you can't see shit that's like parsecs away. And then also they they went. So like just for further explanation, like, yeah, there's no rear view mirror, but there's also they also went sensors dark when they were hiding. So the ships couldn't pick up where they were. So like as soon as he comes off of the trash, he's still sensors dark because he's trying to stay as low profile as possible. So if he had his sensors on, yeah, he would have picked up that Boba Fett was behind him. Correct. But it would have also tipped off to the empire that he's still fucking hanging around the debris field. So yeah, I, like I said, the- I, I, I like it. It would also, I dig about this, Nick is they, they added in the, the actual slave one sounds from the prequels where yeah, his ship yeah. didn't used to have that, like, blah, 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 like really chunky engine sound, almost like Sabalba's pod racer. So I yeah. like like that too, and and, and I think we're gonna stick with Boba Fett. And I know Travis is upset that uh, what's his name isn't getting his due. This this uh, the original voice of, of of no, it's not even Jeremy Bullock. It's this um, Bullock, yeah, he was the body. Yeah, Jason Wingreen apparently voiced Boba Fett initially, but really for continuity's sake and because the maker said, "Hey, Boba Fett's a fucking clone." that came from this guy who sounds like this. So yes, Tem had to become Boba Fett and the voice. It just, yeah, and you got to do what you got to like, do. The voice, the voice of Boba Fett, I think at that time, like it was, it wasn't as important as the visage. Like the, I think like he only had what, like three spoken lines through the whole series. Nick, don't rob him. It was four. Four spoken lines to the whole I mean, I, people were telling me he was like the, the, this biggest, baddest ass motherfucker of the of the OT. And he was on screen for like a minute and had four lines and needed Darth Vader to do everything for him. So, yeah, I mean, I think that like. I this mean, is Bozo Fett, do, by really? the way, people. If you're new here, <laughs> you ever see anyone like Bat throw up the Bozo Fett? That's him right there. Yeah, I don't really mind. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I would have to go back to. I mean, they probably did the the special edition voice re-edit for the post-prequels run. Correct. Like yeah, Nick. So, so um, like 97 special edition still going to have it. It would still have the original. You are correct. This yeah. I think yeah. this came in in the, in the 2004 or 5 DVD yeah. release. Yeah. So I'd have to go back and listen to it. But honestly, like at this point, I don't even really remember what his voice sounded like he's, outside of Tim. He's no good to me, dead kind of like that I mean, which is and it was modulated yeah it's still too. it's still like modulated it's, now it just has that maori ting to it it, it sounds yeah. like Django, like boba like cody like rex like fucking wrecker hunter tech echo okay we got it about the royalties that were redacted to the family due to that change yeah i mean i'm sure that there was i mean it's crazy one that that dude was getting royalties hey, from star sag from after star Wars, bro that's why you need he, to sign those contracts a, yeah, like he signed a good deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess after a certain point too, like you don't own the creative edit of the film and if they choose to to not use your part anymore yeah, in, a, in a situation like this, there's really you're nothing out. you can do about You're, you're it. no longer like, credited, so you ain't getting paid. But hey, that that's business, all right? That I don't. That probably wasn't George Lucas. You know, George, he's like, hey, I just want the fucking clone's voice in there. And, and the yeah. people are like, well, you're actually going to, Essentially, Fuck put a family guy. out on the street. George is like, that's not my fucking problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm trying to make the movie I had in my head. I just didn't have the money in tech to do it. All right, moving right along. I think Travis hit on some of these, but Cloud City definitely benefited from some CGI touches, especially the interior. If, If you go back to Empire before some of the CG, there's nothing. Like, there's no windows showing the outside of Cloud City. It's just all drab, dreary hallways. Uh, Same thing with the arrival of of the Falcon. It's much more enhanced. And yes, these days, the CGI doesn't quite hold up to what we're used to. But in 97, it it, it added a lot of enhancement to Cloud City, the planet of Bespin, all that jazz. But really, in particular, Nick, it was the indoor shots that you've got movement outside now. It does finally feel like a city in the clouds. Yeah, I I agree that like, Having a view out of the windows and seeing the structures that are floating next to the building that they're in, seeing the ships passing along the, you know, like passing by the windows and along the thoroughfares and stuff like that. That was a huge difference just in terms of like making this city feel like what it was. And then, but I agree too. I think that the the Falcon entry is so much better now. Like the Falcon entry and like really seeing the city from that perspective as it landed was, was really cool. And one of the edits that I probably enjoyed the most in, in the, the, I mean, uh, listen, news. George and his CG was great for, for painting in the backgrounds. When, when he started to plop in characters and whatnot, that's where we're going to get into some of these worst edits coming up. Jabba, anyone, yeah. the fucking idiot singer from return of the Jedi, anyone. Okay. You know what? I, I, there's a lot of people that probably don't even pick up on this change in Empire, Nick, but I, I love the visuals of it if you're looking on the live stream. But now when, when Vader is calling for his, his shuttle, we actually get this great silhouette look of him walking out to the, the, the shuttle Tidarium. It just, it, it, just, yeah. it just looks great. You can kind of feel the, the, the tension on Vader because he's, you know, he's obviously leaving that big battle he just had with his son. He didn't achieve his objective. He wants to get right back onto the executor and and, and, and catch the Falcon. And, you know, you, you would expect the guy to be thrown a tantrum, but you see him just very casually yelling at, I think, George Rod or whatever his name was. Like, hey, get, get, get my fucking shuttle ready. Get me back to the goddamn Star Destroyer. We can still get the Falcon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was... That was a good addition to it. And I do think that like I at first, like if I would have heard about this before seeing it, I, I would have said like, don't do this because it's going to look really bad because not only is it a whole new, it's a scene that you're creating whole cloth, but it's also like putting in characters, even though silhouetted at that time in a fully CG scene could have looked oh, really yeah. bad. Right. And like, I think that they, like, they did a really good job of not making it look like, like a pixelated video game you know scene what, or something Nick? like that. When I was reading this today, they actually might've repurposed this footage from Return of the Jedi. Now that I think okay. about it. Like when they were walking across. Yeah. So they like, like they did, okay. they just used a plate and kind of dropped it onto this Bespin gotcha. background. But I, I, I just, Hey man, anything Vader that gets added obviously is going to be a, a best edit and in Vader as a silhouette, it just, he looks perfect. I mean, you can, you could tell Vader on a horizon by his shadow from 20 miles away. 
Vader is Vader. All right. Yeah, Travis, there's some other things I didn't put in there. Like, apparently, Nick, I didn't, I forgot that when, when Lando goes to save Luke, they never used to have a hatch there. It was just like light came out and he's like, hey, hey come on, Luke, oh, let's really? go. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's just a hole at the top of the ship. Yeah, a hole of light. Like, yeah, it's like a yeah, light just, bubble. Well, you know, that was a good edit then. <laughs> it makes more sense for there to be a hatch that opens for him to come out of, yeah. not just a giant hole at the top of the Millennium Falcon. That can anybody could yeah, sure. swing into anyone it come it. in have some fun. <laughs> okay, we've moved into Return of the Jedi, and I will tell you yes. there was only one best edit, and it was the um, extension of Ula's Rancor death. Uh, initially, yeah. she just drops down the pit. It cuts away. You just hear her scream. Nothing. Now we actually get to see the same actress ten years later. Reshot the scenes. Looks damn near identical continuity wise and now you get a little more of of the of the full whore of her her death and trying to get out of there and it just kind of sets up like once you're in that pit you're fucked and there's no way out was yeah like that was the more important part of this edit was like setting the stakes like like correct making people understand that like Oh, this is this isn't something that he like set up as a trap for Luke Skywalker specifically. Like this is the way that he just deals with people that he doesn't like. Or like somebody did something wrong, well guess what? It doesn't matter if you're a dancer or if you're the consigliere, you're going into the fucking rancor pit. Yeah, and you ain't getting out like, until yeah. he shits you out and homeboy shovels out the turds and throws it out back into the fertilizer patch. Um, hey, it sounds like Travis Mitchell might be on uh, with Mando Pirate and I, Team Twi'lek Tagruta. He's saying, if you look close, Ula is flat out naked. I'll take you up on that. Might need some visual imagery later tonight. Might pull that up and, and do, like a little, a sheer, do a like little a free, screen, <laughs> free screen on that. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the club, Travis. There's a few of us that might or might not have a bit of a fetish for women with bright colored skin be it green blue or orange and stuff coming out of their heads thank you um yeah this next one is is interesting we could have like a little discussion yeah so this one's wild like this is another one that it's not only visually but i also think it helps the story because of how fucking bad and creepy and cracked out the yoda puppet looked in the phantom menace Okay, this is this is our only prequel edit. Like the other stuff, really didn't need much or get much. But George deciding that his decision to go back to a practical Yoda in the Phantom Menace needed corrected, right? Because it yeah, it was pretty rough looking. I mean, he didn't even remotely look like Yoda. No, it was such a and like, and I don't want to like ever speak bad of like prop builders or prop yeah i I prefer it like like at at its core this puppet is incredibly well made but like i don't know who gave them the design instruction or george George, would have stamped the the approval we know that and it's wild to me that he looked at this puppet and then also even if he went back to esb and rotj and like let me compare them like it's just so off And what is also weird to me is that, like, he made this decision to have this puppet, but you had to have known at that time that episode two was going to have Yoda fighting. 
So like, what were what was your plan? Oh like, yeah, that's I'm just right. Have that the puppet and I like, forgot the the impetus to go back to CG was the 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 gymnastic shit. Damn, you're yeah. right. Like, so either one of two things happened: the whole Yoda fight scene in Episode Two was not planned out initially. And I think Nick finally, said that though, didn't he? Didn't he say that that was kind of like last did. minute bullshit? Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I I'd have to go back and listen to our interview with Gallard, but like, if that's the case, then it makes sense because like, there's no way that George would be like, make this whole puppet. We're only gonna use it for Episode One, like, because then it's just such a jarring change. I mean, it was too like. It was such a jarring change to go from like seeing TPM in the theaters and seeing this puppet the whole time. And then you go into episode two and the puppet's just not there. Oh, you're like, like oh, hey, Yoda's back. And it's not as yeah, Nova saying like, death stick Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it's like so there like there was a there was definitely like a moment where George probably thought like we're just going to have like stationary non fighting Yoda for for at the very least to the first two movies. Because if you think about the third one, Yoda fights a lot. Like, Yoda fights in the Senate chamber. Yoda fights going into the Senate chamber. Well, no, Yoda the Jedi Temple. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, going into the Jedi Temple. Yoda fights on Kashyyyk. Like, Yoda is Yoda has a lot of fights in Episode 3. So, like... It was poor planning. <laughs> Definitely yeah, didn't like have either, a lot of foresight there. No. Because he probably didn't even think about... He probably didn't think that far ahead or something, but... Cause I would imagine like if I, even if I know that he's fighting in episode three and maybe he, he's not fighting in episode two, I would not have a puppet in episode one and then have to change it later. Like it just doesn't make any sense. You know sense. what else, Nick? We, we, we also forget the, the, the era. I mean, to produce a full CG character back then, we're, we're talking three full years of production, a ton of fucking money thousands yeah. of vfx shots so doing a puppet right off the bat is going to be way more economical way more expensive yeah yeah um but, yeah, but it's, mean, it's, it's just, rough like if, if you if you're looking at the yeah, side by more. side here puppet yoda literally doesn't even look remotely like yoda oh, has no, ever dude, looked has like, ever looked like the, the the face shape is wrong the the skin coloration is wrong the eyes were wrong it's fucking like, cra- it like I, I mean george so must weird, have just dude. been so excited to get the shooting he just walked in and was like yep fuck it stamp that's the one it, it's just it's it's so bad like the face structure isn't even remotely like the bone structure isn't even close it's no, not even I close mean, and it's like you can't get mad like frank oz nailed the voice too and i was like as soon as I heard it too, I was like, this is such a weird experience. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's Frank Oz and he's Yoda and he's doing the Yoda voice. And then, but it's coming out of this puppet that looks nothing like Yoda. And I was like, well, I guess this is just like, man, maybe he just got like, I have no idea. He looked worse in the, in the prequels in episode one than he did after living in a swamp for like 20 years. He like, looked better <laughs> at almost 900 dying. Yeah. Then he looked <laughs> here when he was probably what, eight, eight, eight sixty, something like yeah, that. Yeah, eight sixty, eight fifty. Wait, that's the other thing. It's like it's like George forgot that this motherfucker can live o- almost a thousand years, but he felt like he had to de age him five hundred years. Yeah, it's like just make him look exactly the fucking even, same. Even though it was only maybe a few decades that we literally yeah. had the de-age, which when it when you're a being that lives that long, a few decades is like a year or two. You're not going it's to like look nothing. that different. So. Exactly. It's nothing. Like Red Dog so. calling him the Grinch knockoff here. 
Dude, uh, it, was, dude, it was such a, it was like, it's such a weird experience to see that in person in a theater. I was like, what the hey, fuck is going on? Like, fix now though. And that's, that's, that's going to end yeah. our best edit. So as the fans wanted, we're now going to move in to the worst and there, there's actually less worse moments, but they're very egregious and they, they do yeah. affect your viewing of star Wars. So let's get into it right off the bat. Speaking of bat, he wanted me to shit on Kenobi a little bit. I guess this is my chance, but I cannot stand the new Kenobi scare off call when he's coming to rescue Luke from the Tuscans. Yeah, the they, they literally change it to they say it's a crate dragon call, which I still don't believe because now we hear what a crate dragon sounds like, and it fucking doesn't sound like this. I mean, it's literally he goes like like and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was like a really like, like in, weird... in, unless Obi Wan has a voice box on him or or a recording of this. There's no way that man's vocal cords could produce what just came out of his face. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was a really poor edit, and like I don't. Th- and the thing was is like it didn't add. Like, what did this add to it? Like nothing. It, it, it like. George wanted us to know that that the reason they would run from just one man is because they feared the crate dragon so much. I'm I'm being serious. Like that's what it was. I, I, like it just yeah. I mean I don't know. Like it was one of those ones where it's like all you're doing is changing a sound effect that nobody had any issue with. It, it just like, like I he. Just, I mean it, it, the poor Sir Alec. They got him like walking on this craggy shit. He looks like a yeah. He almost looks like a scarecrow or like a yeah. clan member, and their and their robe got dyed, and he's like he's waving his arms. He just he does not. He he looks like a crazy person, and and, and yeah. sounds even crazier now. Um. Yeah, I like the, the original sound. Like Red Dog, the same. It was fine. Like, what what do you got to do here? This just goes to show you why George Lucas had to get rid of Star Wars. It it was killing him. He he could never stop thinking about making it better in his mind. Yeah, like he, he would have been completely cons- like we would have probably had like remastered prequels by now. Oh, easy, like easy for sure. You like, kidding me? Yeah, I mean, like, come on, we, we'd be on like they'd have as many iterations as the OT does at this point in time. Yeah, but yeah, so w- w- that one was was odd. Uh, moving on here, this is I fucking hate this. <laughs> it has a movement behind it called Han shot first. We all know he did, but this bullshit where I, I don't even care if you want to make it seem like Greedo shot first, but the way you had to do it and and just you make it look so wonky and cheap. It's just like, George, you're already working with 1970s effects. Why you got to come in and make the scene look even dumber, even and shittier? Like- and, and for why? None of us thought Han Solo was like this great, awesome person. I loved when he was just like, hey, fuck you. Eat shit. You're going to threaten yeah. me. You die. I was like, yeah, that's a motherfucking smuggler scoundrel. Not this. Greedo has to shoot first because George modeled him after a John Wayne cowboy and cowboys never shoot first. I mean, here, here's my, here's my thought on this. It's like, even if you're going to do it, there was a better way to do it. Like, don't make it to where he, like he does this weird shift, like his body shifts. And in the image you have pulled up, 
it looks like his whole leg is disconnected from his body now. Yeah. So like it doesn't work. So all that you needed to do was just add add Greedo's fucking like shot above his head and just make it to where he's straight up missed. Like if that's what you want to do, fine. Like make it to where Greedo took a shot and missed, but don't make it to where like he you have to go in weird CG, this whole body movement that disconnects his body from his leg. You are right. Look, I mean, like Harrison's just, face looks fucking uncanny right there. Like it, it, it yeah, doesn't it, it look looks real. Terrible. <laughs> so like if he was absolutely like it, like intense on Greedo has to shoot first, then just make it to where Greedo misses. And, and Han doesn't have to do this weird shit that really fucks up the whole scene. It just, this is one where I'm just like, George, please, man. It, it, it was so, it was such a badass scene the, the way it was initially shot. Yeah, I mean, no, the first time like, you meet Han, he's like, Oh, Hey, Greedo, you fucking loser. How you doing? Greedo's like, Hey, fuck you too, motherfucker. Hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and t- turn you in the job of the hut. And he's like, Oh, you want to bam. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen in that fucking scene. Not this, as Nick said, some after the fact you jam in like Greedo's blaster and this not even fully fleshed out VFX laser bolt. And then you bring in 1997 Harrison Ford VFX. It's just fuck. And listen, I hear you guys bats like, well, you know, Disney now makes it shoot first. But what did they do? McClunky. Okay. (laughs) They try to correct it, even though Greedo's still, you know, they got that stupid shot in there. But th- th- for some reason, they're like, hey, yeah, let's, um, this is going to make this all better, right? They're like, hey, hey, Bob, if we put McClunky in, they'll forget all about Han shoots first, right? Do it. So I, I got kind of a, a meme up here, but it says McClunky. Its definition is a creator's way of trolling his fans. And that, that's pretty much what it has become. George himself, I've seen him wearing the famous Han Shoots First shirt. So he knows. And like, yeah, and the funny thing is, is like you, but, but like you fucked it up. <laughs> like, that's like, like, I, I, I can't even But make the, the crazy thing is, Nick, George didn't do McClunky. This was after Disney no, took it over. George didn't do McClunky. They're like, let's make this he, even worse. Yeah, like he fucked, he made the worst fuck up by editing the scene to start with. Because once he edited it, then Disney got it and they're like, well, we can edit it too because he already edited it. And it's just so fucking bad now. Like, McClunky. (laughs) He he goes, McClunky. I think then he shoots and then he he gets killed. It's like, fuck. Filoni say something about this? Like, what was his thing he was like oh he said it because of this or like i can't remember he's probably like listen people i get asked this question all the time let me here's the truth i love george he's my fucking hero and mentor but he was completely wrong here and that's what mcclunky means it's our way of of saying hey george mcclunky yourself red dog's making a good point here speaking of the scene that scene was so set in the 70s and how movies were about then the violence was totally acceptable and perfectly normal for a character yes exactly thank you and this for those people that like the you know cartman's woke argument this was fucking decades before woke even existed in the lexicon of the far right it was just george like hey he's john wayne cowboys don't shoot first whatever han solo was never a fucking cowboy he was a scoundrel all right, a smuggling scoundrel. Ah, oh, fuck you, Greedo. 
All right. Yeah, this next one's. Here's another bad one. I mean, really, George wanted he 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 took a new hope and Return of the Jedi. In my opinion, flame throwed a lot of scenes for no fucking reason. So the next one here coming from a new hope, and we are looking at the '97 version where they got just this atrocious looking CG job of the hut that's like somehow the size of a regular man now. Um, it, it's just terrible. I mean, the scene itself makes no sense. Adds nothing to A New Hope. And you could actually argue that it, it robs from the initial reveal of the Millennium Falcon through Luke and, and Obi-Wan. Right? Because now, now we see it as fans before Luke goes in. It's like, holy shit, that bucket of, you know, that piece of garbage is what yeah. we just paid for. But no, you, you get this dumb scene where it was shot with a human so when Harrison's walking around it, then they have to come up with the, oh, oh, he's going to like step, step on his on tail. His tail. Like, and Jabba um, goes like, blah, 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 blah. And you got, you got random Boba Fett, like breaking the fourth wall, standing there. Greedo's back alive. Literally the same exact Rodian wearing the same garb is there. It's just dumb as fuck. And George's excuse was, well, yeah, we need to set more up for Jabba because he's going to be important two movies down the line. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that, like, if you're going to do, it's like there was no thought put into it. It's it's terrible. Like like you said, Jabba the Hutt, the first time he's presented to us in any meaningful way, is much larger than this. He's a fucking huge, like, literally the scene was shot when Jabba was still a human gangster. Yeah. He was a fat guy and, like, like, he looked like he was wearing, like, a Wookiee carpet on him. It, it's just like it's terrible the implementation of Jabba it's terrible because they clearly took a scene that was filmed in a different order and put it out of order <laughs> intentionally it's terrible because they had to do like all of the edits like why would you even make Harrison step on his tail like he could have just stepped over it like you didn't have to add in all of these stupid details that you did and now what you've done is like we already know, we find out like that Harrison or that not Harrison, you find out that Han is like, there is a strained relationship there, but you don't need this exactly. like, shit to do it. Dude, like, you, you get it, that it through just, the scene we just shit on. Greedo establishes yeah. that and then Han keeps reinforcing it throughout the movie. I can't fucking yeah. save no princess. I can't fight with no fucking rebellion. I gotta pay off a of debt. Yeah, it's just it 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 never made any sense to why they put this in, and I think like to me, this is the worst of all of them. Like this okay, is, all right, because d- don't worry, I was gonna save it, but I did at the end of the worst. We're gonna have the worst of the worst and the best of the best. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what what happens here if Nick and I align. But I agree, it looks bad. It's it's awful. Like it's just an awful scene. It makes no sense. It breaks continuity. And and really the biggest thing, if you really think about it, it robs you of the the actual reveal of the Falcon for the first time. All right. This one, I don't know. I I, I think it's kind of funny, but if you really think about it, it's also kind of dumb. But on the Death Star, you know when you know Han and Chewie are like, ah, like just running around the whole time and he runs into the hangar he literally in the enhanced versions if you look in the hangar there's like six million (laughs) stormtroopers it's it's obscene 
there's so many stormtroopers. It, it just it, it kind of makes that scene silly now. Like, really? That many, and they they couldn't just follow him in that pack of six thousand to capture these guys. Yeah, like nobody hits him once. But but like, look at it. I mean, I've got it up on the screen here. It's fucking silly. Like if they just all opened fire, it'd be impossible to miss. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't. And again, like this is a this is another question to me. Is like why how does this enhance anything? Yeah, like, why? What, like. What you had last time was he's running through an area that he has no idea where he's going. So he's just like running away from something. And then he just runs into another group of stormtroopers. Like, I don't think there was ever an issue with like, well, there wasn't enough people chasing them. Like, like, I just don't understand what his, what, like the thought process was behind this. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's because, you know, like, because he then. He, he kind of turned, it's almost like a cartoon where he turns out like, oh shit, like feet don't yeah. feel me now. I just ran into something I definitely can't run by. We got to get back. And that's what I mean. It's almost like, it almost makes it sillier, but yeah, you didn't and need then, it, like, George. We, is... we understood he ran into the hangar. There was a bunch of them. So he ran away. And then like, hey, I mean, you... I don't know if this is just this screen grab, but like, look at the top left. It looks like there's a bunch of people standing in line up there. Yeah, just just hanging out. The, 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 they're having they're their like, officers. What the fuck is that? It's the officers' weekly meeting on a Wednesday. They're up there having their staff meeting, it's... and they can't be bothered by the by literally the Death Star being infiltrated by rebels. Yeah, like I just, it was such a weird. <laughs> it's just such a weird choice yeah. to make here, and like just completely. Oh. Hey, not necessary. Shit happens, man. Like I said, the, the dude loved his toy and he wanted to keep massaging it. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're in the Empire now. And this is one that has been subsequently fixed because it was so bad. But does everyone remember in the special edition release of Empire Strikes Back when Luke is falling down the pit in Bespin? They, <laughs> Nick, they took the Empire, the, the Emperor's death scream from Jedi and dubbed it in here. I'm not kidding. Dude, I, not kidding. I don't remember that, but I I fully believe you because that's just some shit that George would do. Yeah, like he, like the oh, he's like if you're <laughs> he's like if you're falling down, you have to scream. Right, it, like, it, it'll no, sound like, the same. It'll sound like an evil Sith wizard going down there. Yeah, uh, but but as I as I verified and read today, it has been removed. It's no longer there. But it's another one. Yeah, because like, I was what are we say, doing? I was like, I don't remember. Like, but. I may have just blocked that out of my memory. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it is funny. And I guess it does, it does kind of, uh, speak to empire's overall quality, even after George's initial release, but empire really was spared a lot of his special edition nonsense. Uh, yeah, it like it, it kind of got the best of everything where it's mostly just visual enhancements and, you know, maybe a bogus sound drop here or there, but they didn't really do anything that completely, change the story like um a new hope and in my opinion even more so return of the jedi um all right here we are return of the jedi and, and these ones hurt me the most like i said because uh, um, rotj is my movie it is the best star wars movie to me i've got my reasons that shit at the end with with luke and vader in the throne room that is that's prime star wars it doesn't get better than that but to start things off here people I cannot fucking stand what they did in Jabba's palace with Cy Snoodles. Um, uh, what was it? Was the, the original song Lapty Neck being replaced by Jedi fucking rocks. Okay. 
and this Joe Yowza dickhead that now gets to to sing instead of instead of sigh. It, it it's it's hot garbage. It ruins an otherwise great little intro to Jabba's Palace. Great little song being sung by a practical sigh. It, it just kills it all. I fucking hate it. I can't stand it. It 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 just puts a bad taste in my mouth when I watch Jedi now. Yeah, I mean, it just and not only that, like it feels so weird to have it's like what the fuck it just, it just felt so out of place and then you just have like this cgi like monkey character just jumping around and shit it was so it was so weird yeah the, the max and rebo it, band went up to like 10 members it was crazy uh, yeah no, dude, it's like that that's that terrible definitely did not fit the vibe that they exactly. were going for. Exactly. I mean, in dude, that, 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 that Jedi Rocks is not a fucking song the Max Rebo band would ever play or write. Ever. It was terrible. It's terrible. It was not. And, good. And, and, and while we're on the scene, it continues. Boba Fett fucking tickling dancers' faces and flirting. For the Boba Fett people out there, he's a hard-ass motherfucker. Oh, he's he killing motherfuckers, doing this, doing that. Boba Fett ain't sitting in there fucking getting cute with people. He ain't fucking around. He's a clone for Christ's sake. He doesn't care. For all we know, he doesn't even have testicles. He may not. You know, he well, actually he, he, he should be in there paying attention, getting ready for anyone whipping out a thermal detonator. Yeah. Not sitting there getting I mean, all fucking cute. It 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 definitely is like an odd look for that character considering how he's portrayed. Every time yeah, like after. a loner, hard-ass, badass bounty hunter. I mean, no, that, he, ain't, he ain't doing that type of shit. Get the hell out of here. Maybe Django Fett, the source material, but no, not, not his little clone baby. It's just dumb. I mean, God, I hate that song. Like, Jedi Rocks is so horrendous. And Nova's right. We're not done yet with songs that are fucking trash in Return of the Jedi. But we'll, we'll get there. Up next... Not gonna lie, I fucking hated the beak on the Sarlacc pit. Hated it. That was a. It was another one where it just felt unnecessary. It did, you're like, okay, like, George, you want to add in some extra tentacles? Okay, cool. Because they yeah. were there in the original Sarlacc, but literally gutting the practical pit and jamming in this wonky-looking bird beak. No. Yeah, the 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 beak. I agree with you that like the tentacles are fine. Like. But the beak just made no sense. Like it, it just, it didn't add anything. It's like, what do you want to give it a mouth? Like, like specifically a mouth? Because, I, I mean, maybe he thought like it didn't look like it was alive enough because it was just a but hole in the ground. Like I don't. Job and C three PO set it up just fine initially, Nick. Like, hey, you're gonna yeah. sit there and die over a thousand years in the belly of the Sarlacc. We don't, we don't need to see its tongue and, and mouth going yum 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 yum. It was fine just throwing people into the teethy hole in the sand. Yeah, no, I was totally fine with that as well. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It was, just, it was weird. Uh, I mean, if you, if you want to change anything about the Sarlacc pit, maybe make Bozo Fett's death not so ridiculously stupid. All right? Maybe make that seem a little more glorious or hardcore instead of some badass bounty hunter who literally his whole life has been trained to be a, a dog ends up getting his jetpack mistakenly activated by a blind guy 
<laughs> flying into the side of Jabba's sail barge, making like <laughs> sounds, hitting it and rolling into his death. Please. Please. I mean, thank you, Book of Boba Fett, for at least bringing him out and giving him some honor and some backstory and some character. Because without that, this, this, this mouth on the Sarlacc, the just sheer silliness of Boba's death, just made the character into a bozo, as they I've really, told like, you. They really did screw this guy over, just, and especially in the special edition re Jesus. Like, they really fucked this it's guy so up. So silly. So silly. Okay, this is another one that hurts big time. Because not only does it fuck with what I consider to be the most emotional moment in all of Star Wars, but it, it, it makes Darth Vader look like a big dummy, a big dope, like, a, like an emotionally stupid idiot. And I'm talking about the moment where we see this poor motherfucker finally realize, even behind a mask and a helmet, you could feel him change. You could see the pain that Palpatine was causing him as he watched his son being tortured and murdered. And you see him look, and you see him look, and you see him look, and then he makes the, the action silently. And you're like, yes! Anakin, yes! You got it, finally! Your son got through to you. You're finally doing what you're supposed to do. Back in Revenge of the Sith. It was awesome. Like I said, one of the most touching, one of the most emotionally charged scenes in Star Wars. And what do they do, Nick? What do they fucking do to this? They make him go, no, no, as he picks up Palpatine and tosses him into the pit. I can't tell you how much that fucking wounds my Star Wars soul every time I see that now. It is disgusting. It's a tragedy. This is something that Disney should have eradicated when they got the goddamn rights to this fucking series. This is the worst edit that George, anyone has ever made to Star Wars. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely not great either. I mean, I don't feel that it's worse than the Jabba thing because the Jabba thing just fucks up so many things with it. God, they, they just um, make Vader look like his, his, his turn back just is, it doesn't even feel genuine anymore. It feels silly. It's like a slapdick scene. And I mean, I think that like, I mean, it's, it, there's, you know, it's just George trying to be cute with what he did with the pre in the prequels and marrying it in the season. But that wasn't the, cute either. Know, Every, I mean, trilogy. everyone made fun of that. He had to have known. I know, but I feel like at a certain point, like, George just stopped caring what people thought. And, like, he admitted as much in one of the panels or something like that. He's like, I think it was in one of the first, like, was it the TFA? I think it might have been, the like, the celebration before TFA release, like they had him on a panel and he was like, yeah, at a certain point you just stop listening to what everybody says and you do what you want to do because ultimately it's, it was owned by him. And like, yeah, I mean this way it's, it's definitely wonky. It definitely doesn't like do justice to the character or, or it, add anything to it. Just it just wasn't needed. Like, like I said, I mean, it was, if you're no. paying attention, even through the mask, you can see 
the pain that Anakin yeah. is going through watching this. And you can see the wheels are turning and enough is enough. It's it's a click moment when he does the look, which now is the no, and then the look to his boss, which now is the no, and he picks him up. You don't need that. It's so awful, silly. It cheapens the emotional moment for me. I fucking hate it. And I don't care yeah. if his helmet's dirty or not. That's not the point. Fuck. Dirty helmet. <laughs> fucking no. Like, I mean, the, uh, the no and rots almost makes sense because he's still like a wacko. Okay. He's he, like processing Yeah, he just caught himself on fire. He just lost his legs and his other arm, and he's been rebuilt as a robot, and he just kind of got slightly lied to that he's the reason his wife is dead. Okay, even though I still think it was like George giving a nod to fucking Frankenstein, Doc Frankenstein. I know Frankenstein is really the monster. I'm not stupid. But even, okay, we, we could get away with that. Here, it's just fucking silly, cheap, lazy. I don't know what you want to call it. I hate it. I fucking hate its guts. Like, I, I want to punch my screen just talking about this fucking moment. I fucking hate it. And there was, a part, really there was a part of me last year when I do my, I do a rewatch every holiday season of, of at least the Skywalker. Well, I, no, I do them all because I'm a fucking dude. And I'm like, oh, you know, is it, is it as bad as you think, Matt? It's not that bad, is it? Like, I'm, I'm even trying to start to gaslight myself over it, Nick, so I can just get through it and not want to go jump off a fucking bridge. All right. Moving on here with Return of the Jedi. This is another one that I, I just think is it's it's inexcusable, it's unforgivable. But removing the Ewok celebration song that we all finally call Yub Nub and replacing yeah. it with that god awful sounding victory celebration song is is a tease. It might be on my my uh, worst of the worst list. Yeah, I mean that one. It definitely sucks because I see what he's trying to do. Like when in the original, it was like the celebration that was going on it was, was localized. very limited. It was to localized. Like, it was Endor. Yeah. It was just them. Yeah. And it was just like, and he's trying to show that like, this is bigger than just them. But I think that like the more than anything, I think the choice to replace the song is is the problem. Like, I don't care if you like flash around. Like yeah, sure. But just keep the Ewok song. Yes. Like, like you don't have to change. Like that song was very like people enjoyed that song. People like you know made that like a like some of their like favorite things. Bro, in, in Star anyone Wars you, you and, go you know, Yubnub like, Yubnub song, you're gonna be like, fuck yeah, dude. I know I know you. I yeah, see like, you. Like it, it's almost like a it's like a code word at this point in time. It, yeah, and now it's just like it's just a very generic kind a, of orchestral oh, it, thing. It, it, I, I hate it because they they like even tried to make it somewhat tribal to start, you know, they got like some jingle yeah. bells in there. I'm like, no, fuck you. Let John Williams write the fucking song. And if he did write that song, that's the only time I ever say John Williams failed. If John Williams had any hand in victory celebration, shame on him. Because the Ewok celebration is it. It is it. I mean, I can hear it right now. That do, 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 right? Yub nub. Each up. Yo, each obi papi boo ba, yubba yubba yubba, yupa doop doop, yup nub. I mean, come on. 
And then it goes into that 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 choir thing that then you know feeds into the ding 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 ding, ding, ding the credit song. I mean, beautiful shit. I still I, I tear up when I think about that song and the transition into the choir into the credits. It's it's fuck. Victory yeah, celebration. Like, Get the shit out of here. It it definitely like changes the way that the movie ends, which puts it up there as like one of the worst for sure. Like it it has an effect on like what your emotions are leaving the movie. And I just don't like, I don't know, maybe it just, it, again, it like sucks just, a ton of wind know. out of the celebration. Like it just, it just, it's like, bleh. and I'm with you. Keep the song. You can do the fucking shitty CGI looking tour of the galaxy. That's fine. Just keep the song. Be mad. We love yeah. you. Thank you again for that super chat. You are the dude. Um, you'll be happy to know that we do have a, a rankings, uh, item on our special topics list. So that's definitely, uh, in the works. I think that's something Nick and I will, will we're going to have to link up a little bit more to kind of pre-plan and get our, our visual assets and whatnot ready. But we, we will, we will, we will do a ranking. It's been quite some time and, and we, I don't think we ever included the, TV shows. I mean, we're, we're never going to do a production like Beyond the Dune Sea. I'm not going to get some fucking board and shoot it and put up cards for like a tier list, but we'll most definitely get to a ranking. So thank you. And it is the best song in all of Star Wars. Up there with, mm-hmm. you know, Leia's theme, the Force theme, uh, uh, you know, Ben's death is another one that, that resonates with me, mostly because of my little kid when I used to pick her up from daycare. She'd be like, put on death you know that's where he dies and then you get into the do 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 and you're fighting the the tie fighters from the falcon great shit huh but yeah no this this one hurts me almost as much as the no no vader it, i just that to me as a kid was when when yub nub would kick on i knew like all right they won it's time to fucking celebrate sing do a little yub nub and call it a day but no longer. It's just this awful like do 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 do. Shut the fuck up! All right, moving right along. Anyone want to guess? If we're on Return of the Jedi, we're at the celebration. What could be the last worst moment? Yes, indeed. It looks like Travis has left. He likes it. I fucking hate it. Having Hayden show up as the as the ghost. Literally, just his head dubbed onto Sebastian's body is terrible. I think Nick and I, at least through Ahsoka, came to the understanding like, yes, Anakin as a ghost should look like Hayden because mm-hmm. that's when he died. He, he killed his light side. But then bring him in in his own garb. Don't don't dump him in in fucking Sebastian Shaw's Jedi tunic that's white and looks just like Obi-Wan Kenobi's. And if you look now, Nick, I believe now, it, it's almost like you can tell there's two humans being grafted onto each other for this yeah, scene. Yeah, I mean, I think more than any of the other ones, this is more about the execution for sure. Because, like, it had to be Hayden. Like, you couldn't have kept that as Sebastian... Because it it would make no sense. Like people watching the full trail, like fo- watching like the full saga of Star Wars after seeing the prequels would get to this point and they'd be like, who fucks that guy? Like they would have no idea who that character. Well, you is. did they just you did just see him with his helmet off like a scene before, so it wouldn't be like that yeah. that jarring. 
But it's like, even with his helmet off, because of so much like makeup that was on him, it was even hard to make out that that's the same dude. Oh, do you also and know, like, Nick, they, they eventually had to wipe Sebastian's eyebrows off because they're like, oh, wait, dude got his face caught on fire. I don't think he's yeah. growing hair anymore. So. Yeah, he's like probably not going to have eyebrows. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this one, it's definitely like execution is so poor on it. Like you could have just taken the time, like just... Just fucking, like, you had to get Hayden's face, right? Like, why not just Bro. get the rest of his, but just like, hey, just put on the fucking black cloak. Dude. And then all, I, like, your shit, and then just do it right. They could fix this today. You, yeah. you literally have Hayden Christensen as a force ghost wearing the correct garb from Ahsoka. Just take that and dub it over this. Yeah. Done. And, and like... I think that we've talked, like, we've definitely mentioned this before. I think that, like, any edits to the OT and or prequel trilogy are, are completely off limits to Disney. I think that that was something that George put in to his, um, like, yeah, because I, I mean, we, we have talked about some changes they made, but they've only been like removing an audio bit that might not have worked or, yeah, you know, like I, dubbing in McClunky. Yeah, like, I don't know if shit, man. They Lawyers could are do good. There, there's a way like to get out of everything. Please, yeah, I mean, like maybe <laughs> they're, they're, the world's so fucked up these days. The law, order, nothing means anything anymore. Just do whatever the fuck you want, Disney. Plop them in, even if it's older Hayden. Hell, even older Hayden, who should be playing this younger Hayden, looks better than what we get. All right, you get this yeah. super fresh face Hayden. He's wearing white tunics, which we know Anakin never fucking touched. It just, it, it makes no sense. The look. I mean, it does make sense now that Anakin, or Hayden is, is, is representing the ghost form, but the, the execution is severely poor and, and does kind of... It pulls you out. Yeah, it, of, I was like, going to say, it breaks like the experience a bit. It's like, whoa, yeah. wee. <laughs> yeah, it was... It's just an odd, odd choice they made. So yeah, B man, you, you make a great a, point here. It, it is odd, and 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 like I said, I think it's good that George got rid of it because clearly that shit has mostly stopped. But but, but B man's saying, can we just take a moment to appreciate how Star Wars is the only franchise where they continuously update and edit their original movies, and they 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 have been, and I think it 2019 is the most recent pass, but I I, I assume that's it. Uh, I think that pass was just uh, to give us the, you know, the 4K Atmos editions, clean up even more visuals and audio. And like I said, maybe remove a few of the the wonkier um, edits from the special edition. But hey, here we are. So as promised, the worst, worst of, of the, the worst, worst, Nick. So what I had, number one, Job of the Hut, A New Hope. So I'm right yes. with you. Yeah, I mean that that's it's the most egregious because it 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 not only is poorly executed, but it fucks up so many things in the background, like like so many things that are like to come in the movies that it's just like 
you you detracted actively from your own narrative by yeah, doing it was, this. It was pure greed. It made no sense. I think it was George just, you know, flexing that he's the big dick in the room. Like, listen. Yeah, he's like, look, I can do this. I can fucking yeah, put CG. We're doing it. Job of the hut right here, just because I want to. Yeah, we're doing like, it. Okay. Like, All right. So, so that was on there. Obviously, the 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 three I just talked about for me are also on there. So the Vader no no, the Hayden ghost in the wrong tunic, and scrubbing Ewok celebration, aka Yub Nub. To me, those are the four worst edits that do take away from the enjoyment of these excellent movies. They one hundred percent do. Every time I watch the original trilogy now, they don't necessarily feel like my original trilogy thanks to these moments right here. The only one that I would change out is like, I would just put the whole Greedo scene place of the, uh, the ghosts at the end. It's like the ghost scene is so minimal like they don't like obviously they don't say anything they're on screen for less than a minute like it's just like hi bye whatever like does it was it poorly executed absolutely but i think that like the the han didn't shoot first and then the mcclunky thing with greedo was just like greedo should have been on there too i think i was i I was running out of time need to hit the gym before we went live so i missed that one but 100 percent Hey, inside the box anima- animations, he's getting the McClunky in there. Lionworks is in there. Uh, Lionworks, you're you're perfect time. We're about ready to slide into the fan segment to talk about your shot. So you're not late. You just missed all the good stuff. Uh, as we're wrapping up our best and worst edits of the trilogies. So, Nick, we can't do a worst of the worst without... We've got to end on a positive note. So the best of the best, right? What do we got? Biggs and Luke... That addition to Yavin 4, yep. bringing yep. in Ian and fleshing that out a bit more with Vader in Empire Strikes Back. And then the big one, replacing cracked out Death Stick Huffin Yoda with CG Yoda in The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's definitely the, I mean, like, I know that this was supposed to be OT, but like the Yoda change was just so necessary. Like the Yoda change completely like the puppet Yoda was just one of the worst things to look at in that movie. And it was like, that was at a time too, when like the visuals of that movie were like very impressive. Like the, the CGI cutting edge, (laughs) cutting edge, just like first ever full CG character. I mean, yeah, it was, it was groundbreaking on another level. And like, then you're like, oh man, all this looks so cool. And then you see this Yoda puppet every time you're like, oh, what the hell? Like it, it just ruined everything. Yeah, Yoda's um, out yeah. there sucking dick for Coke these days. I mean, dude, it was, I have, so bad. I just don't know, dude. Like, I don't know if like <laughs> that was one of the papers that went across his desk was like a, like a, a shot of the final Yoda puppet. And that was just one that he like, didn't even look at and just signed off on was like, yep, that's fine. Yeah. He's like, it, was it was a long day. He's like, so I got to get out of here. Go good, good, good. And they looked at each other like, oh, holy shit, he bought it. We're going to get this stupid ass puppet in here. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. Well, hopefully you dug that special topic. Like I said, we're going to do a lot more of this. Uh, Nick and I, maybe we'll powwow after this or at least tomorrow through Slack to kind of pick next week's special topic. But I, I dig it. I kind of had fun putting it together, even though I know our graphics are terrible. But that's that's us, right? That's that's the fucking Star Wars time show. You come here for the words, not the visuals. All right. And we know our words are very, very, very highfalutin highly educated sounding at all times yeah but we're always smart it is about that time like i teased there for our buddy lion works a a star wars toy photographer it's that time of the show to transition into the fan segment that's right we do do a fan segment every week right here on the swts and we give fans two ways to get involved first way is going to be your question of the week and if you follow follow us on instagram at starwarstime.show that's where we post it both in stories and profile you just got to figure out a way to convince the algorithm to show you our content. I don't know if you need to follow, sub, turn on notifications for us, but it would be nice to start getting some more people than our, our hardcore fans, those that we know. We see you. We love you. But it seems very rare that we can extend beyond Tones, Bat, Nova, here, there, and Johnny. So... <laughs> Turn on those notifications. That's all I can tell you. All right, Nick, we'll go ahead and get the uh, question of the week ready to go here. I was fucking around not uh, getting the correct screens ready, so I apologize. We'll shut that. We'll do one of those, and then we got to do one of these, and we'll get there. Hey, we do it live, people. We'll do it live, right? That's right. So this week's question, I didn't really know where we were going today. I, I didn't even know we were going to do the special editions until, I don't know, before this afternoon. So I settled on, hey, fans, what is your favorite Star Wars trilogy and why? Nick, what did we get? So we got some good responses. Figure Wit Out is the first one up. They say... I think all the trilogies have their positives and negatives. As much as I love the OT, my favorite overall has to be the prequels. They only edge it for me as I grew up with those. They drew the story of cinema's most iconic villain, Invader, and his backstory, pretty much. They also expanded the universe to another level. And yes, the films individually may not be as strong as others, but overall, but the overall arc was so iconic and tragic for the characters at the same time. Um, you know, that's not a bad interpretation of, of the prequels from a prequels, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. Uh, and it says, cannot, uh, cannot ever not feel horrified when Order 66 is happening. Also, the music scores of Duel of Fates and Battle of the Heroes are so important and iconic. Yeah, a lot of good music in the prequels, no, no doubt about that. That's true. Uh, League, of Extraordinary, uh, League of Extraordinary Sixthers says... Uh, the OG for me, I appreciate. I did appreciate what the sequel trilogy tried to uh, tried to with expanding the universe to a new generation. I mean, it gave us Mando and Ahsoka live action. Without the sequel trilogy, I don't think we would have gotten as much uh, Star Wars content. It's a great time to be a fan. Leak, so, staying positive, love OT, OT for them. But appreciate the sequel trilogy and revitalizing the Star Wars universe. Pixel Rope says the OT will always be my favorite. My family first bought a VCR in the early 80s so we could uh, record Star Wars off of HBO so I could watch it over and over as a child, making me a fan for life. I mean, 
That's similar for me. Yeah, like I mean, reported VHS, like not in the '80s for me, in the early, like the mid '90s. And I'm pretty sure oh. Pixel Rope is a a Pittsburgher, like I was. So I got you, man. Don, Don, first Don. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this one, I, Scissor Me Xerxes always has some fun stuff in here. He says the sequel trilogy, the idea of it, but not the truth. The weakness of it. There was no future that's, there. That's, that's very well said. I'm not like I mean, that's honestly, that's legit. The, yeah, I mean the idea. I think that they tried to execute it off of TFA would have been interesting, but I do think. I, that, I mean, I mean, listen, people. Time. What Scissors is saying is exactly how I ended up feeling about the prequels because. As a you know, I, I first started hearing that these were happening when I was like fucking sixteen. And I'm going, what? Not only am I going to get to see Star Wars in the theaters again, 97, by the way, special editions, but he's making new ones and he's going to explain how Anakin became Darth. Holy shit. So the idea of the prequels was life to me. I honestly was like, this is it. This is everything I've ever wanted for Star Wars. And obviously, as Scissor with the sequels, and I agree with the sequels, same thing. But not the truth. That was the hard thing. Um, the, the 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 truth for me with both the prequels and now the sequels is like, hey, I um my expectations were too high, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, there we go. But I I do like that he gives an explanation. Like, and I, I like how. I th- I feel like a lot of people really wanted to like the sequel trilogy, and like Why not? I still it's new. Like, it was it, new Star Wars. Yeah, it's like you you never want to go anything being like, well, this is going to suck. Like, because if you do that, then like, why are you going to see it? I mean, bro, place? you and I, we come out of TFA and we're like, fucking A, Star Wars is back. That's exactly how I felt. I mean, yeah. I put myself in Star Wars timeout after the prequels. That's how much they weighed on me. And, and I don't want to say like some of these idiots like I ruined my childhood, but it did. I was severely disappointed. So once you, you know, you prequel people, I think you're getting old enough now that you can realize that you're doing the same shit to the sequel people. It's, yeah, it's, it's we like, all have our own little generation of, of Star Wars trilogies and we're all going to hold to them dearly because it, depending on how old you are when you watch them, your, your, your frame of reference is off. But when yeah, it comes down to yeah. it, the right answer here for everyone, I don't care who you are, what age you are, is the original trilogy. It's it's not even close. You don't get anything else without the OT. So go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Darth LVJ feels the same. It's a yeah. They say they all add something special to the full story, but I have to get to the OT where it all started. The OT will forever remain best and most. Sorry, Darth. I didn't mean to step on your point, (laughs) but yes. And then uh, Lord of Thane closes it out. It says, "Grew up with the OT, and nothing ever managed to thrill slash energize me." Nearly as much again, movie wise. Um, it seems like a lot of OT, and then we have a prequel, prequel fan in there as well. So, that makes sense. I, I like um, in the chat here a lot of uh, fond memories about VHS, which some of you might not even know what what that is. But dude, I had so many VH like record like straight up yeah. recorded off of TV VHSs oh, yeah. recorded from another VHS VHS. Like I don't know if I actually ever bought. A VHS. You know what? You uh, know what's funny, Nick? Because humans are dumb and we love nostalgia. Guess what's like a hot commodity right now? Is it really like Un- unopened VHS tapes? I just apparently Pete Davidson like invested in a shit ton of them, 
and I forget which film it was, but he I think he said he he sold it for like twenty grand. That's it. Yeah, but dude, it's what happened. Like everyone wants to go back to when they were kids. Like, oh, yeah. hey, fuck streaming and digital content and big TVs. I want to go watch like 180p VHS tape on a tube yeah. TV because yeah, that's like what a, I did when I was a kid. Like, all right. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, I appreciate a lot of stuff from my childhood. and they're Not like, that. I'm like, oh, man, it'd be no. really cool if this. No, no. Th- like, this guy for- right here, like I said, video file, audio file. I do not revert in that shit. Yeah, bigger, faster, not... stronger for me when it comes to that type. Crazy. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, so go ahead and thank you transition all for us here. the question of the week responses. Uh, we're going to be getting into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week to get involved in this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at StarWarsTime.show and then tag us, add tag at StarWarsTime.show on all of your Star Wars Instagram posts. Once you tag us, that's when you fall into our tag section on our profile where I pull all of the top five from. Um, make sure to also use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on your posts because we appreciate seeing that number climb up and up and up. So to kick off the top five this week, we have at Lionworks who just jumped into the chat with an awesome shot of our good buddy from the book of Boba Fett's Cad Bane. And it's just like this shot for me just looks so cool because of Cad's like facial expression. Like the, the head sculpt on this figure looks so freaking awesome. And it fits the scene that we're seeing so well with Boba standing over him, stabbing, uh, like, I guess it's like some sort of like well, spear or I mean, pipe, it, like down into his body. It, it's like, a play on his supposed death in the book of Boba Fett. But for, the difference here is lions like, you know, fuck Daimyo we're gonna Fett. Show, yeah, we're, we're going yeah. OG Fett in, in his initial, you know, flight suit and whatnot that got chewed up in the Sarlacc's gut. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are these are beautiful hot toys. I have that Cad Bane sitting nicely in a box doing nothing with the money I spent on him. I can't even look at him because I'm an asshole. But I, I'm with you. I love the uh, the perspective Lionworks took here, that that top-down shot. I dig the, the shadows even. You know, a lot of times in photography, mm-hmm. you don't yeah. necessarily want shadows. I actually think the shadows work great here, both on the pike it going in the so Cad's well. chest and then the one from the, the hat is a nice touch as well. Um, but yeah, you are right. Th- th- this Cad figure, even though I know some people didn't like live-action Cad, it is a damn good-looking Hot Toys. It does. It looks really awesome. And posing that, like you said, the, like getting those shadows in there, whether intentionally or not. Yeah, I, all I, the shadows really are well great. Done. I love the fucking shadows, to be honest with you. Yeah, I love it, them. It just like fits the, it fits the style of this show yeah. really well, where it's like a spaghetti Western yeah. told in space and like just really well done. At Lion Works, W-O-R-X on Instagram. We Next speak up, your name. Uh, is at 97 Parsecs Photography, one of our favorites here. And what we see is Ahsoka the White with her white lightsabers fighting against white-clad stormtroopers in the white snow of Hoth. I mean, it's just like, I really love how he... Like, sometimes you don't want too much of one color in in a scene because it, it just becomes like, 
mishmash. Yeah, it drowns but, everything like, out, really, but but ex- not here. Exactly. Like Robert does a fantastic job of like like taking the color white and using it to like amplify exactly. this scene. Yep. And it was just like, it's just like you know, ninety seven is an incredible toy photographer to start with, but like. When you look at stuff like this, you're like, man, if anybody else did this, it probably wouldn't have looked as good. Like it, it well, for it for sure would not have looked as good. And it's just because Robert knows how to do these things in in toy photography that can just like take a scene that most people would fuck up and make it look really good. Yeah, I mean, dude, you 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 nailed it because you typically want your background to provide a bit of contrast to the subject. But everything here is it's it's so bright, so white in tone that it's hard to pull this off. Because I mean, Ahsoka, if you're listening here, Ahsoka is literally wearing a a white robe and hood in a snow scene that just really the background's more white and a little bit of light blue. But yeah, it, I mean, it still get, manages like- to pop off. That you still get the contrast thanks to the posing, kind of the tweaks to the robe to look like Ahsoka's in motion. It's just job well done. Yeah. Fantastic job all around. 97 underscore parsecs underscore photography. Absolutely killed it. All right. He, I don't even think he's here today, our, so we should just scroll right by it, right? We don't scroll right yeah, If they don't come this. to listen, we, we skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's listening somewhere. Um, this is from at Sir Dork. Alternate Sir high Dork ground. Holmes. It is. This is an alternate take on the ending of Rots where Anakin has the high ground, not Obi-Wan Kenobi. And honestly, like, this is, hold on. This is a scene that is very similar to what Nick Gillard told us may have actually been planned for the end of of Rots. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we see here is, uh, Anakin on the high ground now using the force to completely suspend Obi-Wan Kenobi up to his level. Um, Obi-Wan's lightsaber has fallen out of his hand. Anakin's already whipping his red <laughs> saber. Um, and this is essentially would be the moment where, where Anakin just absolutely murders Obi-Wan Kenobi, drops him into the, to the lava and then is done with his former master but the scene that that Gallard, Nick Gallard, the former stunt coordinator for the prequels, told us about was in that scene where we now have the high ground, what was supposed to happen is Anakin was supposed to like pull Obi-Wan to him into like a forced choke, but he's actually like using his hand to choke him. But then Obi-Wan kind of like is able to fight his way out and then cuts no, he Anakin was, up that way. You, you were right where he was like going to have... Pretty much Obi-Wan dead the rights, but Obi-Wan was yeah. going to force pull his lightsaber through, ignited, and as that, it was yeah. coming to his hand, that's where you would have got the legs chopped, and then he would have grabbed it, and there's the arm. Is yeah, how it so, would have been. It, it was way more violent, and there was no high ground bullshit. Yeah, so um, the alternate take, though, that we see here from Sir Dork is fantastic. Um, my favorite is like, if you're, if you're a collector here, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but Jared's using the figure arts rots Anakin. And there's a face that comes with that. That's like, it's such an odd face. Cause it is, it's Anakin going like, ah, I say it's like, it's almost like an anime. It's It's wild, dude. If you look at it like face on and not how Jared's got it on a slight angle, it's, it's a little silly looking, 
but it's a, it actually works perfect for how Jared has Anakin stood up in the shot. But it is you you look at this face sculpt and you're like, is this Anakin though? Is this what he looked like? Is this something he would do if he was angry? But hey, anyways, Jared's making it look explosive as usual. Lots of great bokeh going in there from fireworks. Nice posing, nice wire wiping. We all know it's the dude, the dog at Sir Dot Dork. Indeed, good stuff. Next up, um, I always love shots by Tong Wars because he just has this incredible spot outside of like either close to his house or wherever that he can get just beautiful environmental shots and then like add Star Wars figures into him. But this one's just another level because. I don't know. Like, I have to imagine that he did some editing with the with the, the sky. Yeah, I, the sky. I, I think like the lightning and the purple and the blues. But I would guess the the sun might be legit. Yeah, and but it's the just, subject, Nick. I think it's an MOC ghost. Okay, so yeah. like a, a someone had a my own creation gave out the directions and, and somehow Tong Wars had all the right pieces or this is the ghost that released. I'm not sure either way, as Nick said, having the Lego ghost, but then with this, this environment, this backdrop, this landscape is just ridiculous. It is. I mean, Tong has an incredible place to do this. This is, he did say that it's a, my own creation ghost as well. So just to see like this, this ghost sitting down and like this, this kind of like wet sand environment. You can almost see like off off to the left, it almost looks like a moisture evaporator from from Tatooine. Yeah, totally. It is. And then and then like just this awesome these awesome cloud and lightning works, like you said, the setting sun. Gosh, like Tong just has the perfect place to take outdoor photography and every time he takes yeah, a shot of it. And real quick, I contend that Lego MOCers or people are on like, you know, the Lego show on Fox. They're some of the most amazingly creative people on the planet, and they should be real architects. Like how they can figure out these all these random freaking Lego pieces that make no sense to create something that actually forms a shape, or in this case, the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. I just I think your brain is wired in a way that you should be doing something else to better this world. You know, build the next yeah. great structure. Build a real fucking ghost. That's how impressive I impressive MOCs are to me. Because no instructions, right? They're they're just making the shit up. They know the exact pieces they need to get there. That to me is a fucking talent. Yeah, I mean it's super impressive. So good stuff there at Tong Wars. Always a fun follow. So make sure to follow. Um, and then. To close out our top five, it may be a little early out there, but at Collectibles Nat on Instagram, hit us with a holiday-themed Star Wars shot oh, already. Yeah. And what would it get? We get Santa, like Jawa Claus, right up front, checking his list to seeing who's naughty and nice. And then on the side, you can see all of the famous Star Wars droids. You got BB-8, you got Chopper, you got R2-D2, you got, you got a... A salacious crumb like Grinch figure on top of R two D two. You got R five, and then in the background, the it's a DJ uh, asshole. And then and then oh yeah, it's a DJ. I would say I see C three PO's head, and then DJ right under him. Um, this is just a fun little holiday shot, getting people ready for the the Christmas holiday season with Jawa Claus 
ready to go with all of his droid companion. So it's just really cool. All right, Nick. Well, I told him I'd ask you, but did you see Press Pause's Thrawn shot? I see it. I may have seen it, but I maybe because it was Thrawn, I just completely... And that's exactly... <laughs> he's like, I bet he saw that it was Rebels Thrawn and his body just like wouldn't let him do it. But It just, it just like, it completely passed. Because I did, I mean... It like, is... I, I'm I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I know we got to go, but I, I I told Connor offline. This is Connor of Beyond the Dune. See, I was like, yeah, I, I yeah. got to bring this up to Nick. But if you look at it now, it is a fucking killer scene. You're, you're, the camera's essentially behind Ezra, who's pointing his lightsaber right at Thrawn. But it is not Thrawn, according to Nick, and and maybe that just mm-hmm. subconsciously prevented you from. Uh, uh, picking it up but it, it it's a great looking scene <laughs> and i know we already give way too much credit and exposure to the beyond the dune sea podcast and dudes but i can't help it right there connor's yeah. clearly talented at both photography and video work i mean really that that's where their show shines i think is in the production of their clips and whatnot um because clearly if they think rots is the best they're not that in the know with mm. real Star Wars, but their 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 production's amazing. So I was just kidding with him. I was like, I, I got to bust Nick's balls a little bit, but you you nailed it. You're like, well, if it was Rebels Thrawn, then that's probably or Ahsoka Thrawn. That's probably why I didn't pick yeah, it. So, so you you Ahsoka got the joke. Thrawn All right, passes right past me. <laughs> so, but uh, that is it. That's the end of the fi- top five, and that's the end of our show for this week. So that's right, people. Go ahead, Matt. And- Hey now, thanks for coming around. If you were on the live stream or if you're not and you want to join next week, don't forget Tuesdays 5 p. East on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. We also want to remind you that we have a place on the internet called StarWarsTime.net. And if you're looking at it right now, look at this. We did some tweaks last week, not by choice, but kind of forced by our theme maker. And we now have a dark mode. Look at that. You can go dark or you can go light. You can go dark and then you can go back to light. I think I'm sticking on dark because that's how we like things over on StarWarsTime.net. But the reason we want you to go there because it is our point of linkage. If you need a link, if you want to listen to the podcast on a podcast platform like Pandora, TuneIn, maybe iTunes, maybe Spotify... We got all the jump off points for you at StarWarsTime.net. If you're more into looking at creepy mustaches and dudes in glasses, then we also have our YouTube link right there on the site. You can now also access our TikTok right up there in the top. So we even did a little tinkering under the hood on the site last week, as much as I fucking hate that and don't ever want to do it again. But we got a new and improved StarWarsTime.net. Don't forget to hit it up because there is always time for Star Wars Time, my friends. And I promise you, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you always. Always.